0: what's up sifters welcome to game face 51 taking place during game seven of the eastern conference (laughs) finals today i'm sitting there and i'm like wait i'm the boss i can do whatever i want but even when you're the boss you really still can't do whatever you want so we are here uh feel free to update the score of the game is going to the third period in the chat i don't know if i have a chance to take a look at it but hopefully it's good news 2-1 penguins going to the third probably should be more but uh we'll see how it goes but we do have a great show for you guys tonight and, it's been a crazy weekend in games
1: then don't lie yeah yeah Because you will find out who you are yeah
0: don't troll me please this is way <laughs> too important to me obviously i got the the sweater on today it's way too important don't troll me just to be honest but uh i don't think they'd do that i don't know you never know <laughs> Somebody could just jump in who's not normally on our stream and just try to be a jerk. So uh, it's been a good week in games, or at least a busy week in games.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of a couple of leaks, a couple of yeah delays, a couple of yeah delays. Trailers. I'm hoping
0: that No Man's Sky gets delayed until next millennia.
1: Yeah, You better. <laughs>
0: my fantasy team needs you to lose like three more I games. thought you
1: had No Man's Sky. No, you. I thought you did. I wouldn't have picked No Man's Sky because I don't know what the reviews are going to be. no
0: Maybe neither one of them. I can't even remember what my team is. Once I saw like two of my games dropped out, I was like, it's <laughs> over anyway. Out. Yeah, pretty
1: much. Yeah, I do so. have The Witcher though, and that's looking pretty good yeah. for uh, Blood and Wine. The yeah. reviews are starting to come out on that. Have you actually
0: spent any time with that yet?
1: Oh, no. I no? Don't, I don't have an early copy of that. Oh.
0: Wait, I thought Blood and Wine was out already.
1: I thought it was uh, May 30th.
0: Is that right? Okay.
1: Today's
0: not May 30th, 30th, is it? No, not yet. Okay. We're still like six days away, I think. <laughs> I think.
1: I don't remember what day it Today's is anymore. just all blurred together, yeah.
0: man, when you're running your own business. Like, I don't know which end is up anymore. It's just another day. Mm. That's pretty much how it works. But uh, we do have a lot of topics to talk about, a lot to talk about off the top that aren't going to make the big six. The first thing we're going to uh, discuss is Valve yeah. uh, being sued for LGBT discrimination, essentially, mm-hmm. Matt, does this surprise you?
1: I mean, yeah, a little bit. I mean, Valve always seemed like such a copacetic company in general, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they got to do something up there, right? Like, so Maybe less time spent belittling your transgender employees and a little more time spent making Half-Life 3 would be nice.
0: <laughs> Did you see that video that came out this week where uh, a YouTuber compiled every comment that Gabe Oh, yeah, Gabe the history ever- of
1: Half-Life 3, <laughs> according to Gabe. That was pretty great. It
0: was pretty depressing, dude. Yeah. Like, I think after watching that, like, you don't... You don't realize when you get it bit by bit, like, the impact of all of it. And then when you see it chronologically, and him time after time, one, saying he won't say anything, and then as time goes on, him saying less and less until mm-hmm. it's just like, I have nothing to say about it. When you see it all together in one chunk, for me personally, it felt like,
1: yeah, game's not happening. Well, I don't know what else to say about it that, like, Pactor didn't say this week on Pactor Factor, where he's like, they make $500 million in profit every year, like, why would they bother? to make well, another half-life game
0: well i mean if to please the
1: fans but like yeah
0: if look if there is one game that i could think of that if it was announced and it came out and regardless of its quality it would still do exceptionally well financially mm. it's half-life 3 yeah like i can't think of another game that no matter of its quality would do better in sales call of duty Maybe I mean look, it took a hit with Ghost. And Ghost wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't up to the usual standards. Mm -hmm. And it took a hit.
1: Took a hit. Bounced back though. It did. That's the interesting thing about Call of Duty now to me is that clearly the audience isn't that you know they're not. As clueless as we think they are, yeah, you know? for like sure. They know when the good ones are out. They know which ones are Treyarch. They know which, you know they know what they're after. I'm guessing there was still a lot of people that just bought oh, it sure. blindly, but but like it's a very noticeable gap.
0: There, there is a segment of their audience at the top, it's very educated. That does get it, yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: But um, yeah, I mean, you don't really hear a lot of like bad stuff out of Valve. It's I've uh, never heard
0: anything like no. you know
1: I've interviewed, talked to, been
0: around people from valve for like two decades
1: mm-hmm.
0: and everyone i've ever talked to is like it's the greatest place i've ever worked it's yeah, inclusive I, wonder if,
1: I mean yeah i just wonder if this guy this manager in question was you know just an anomaly or right maybe they or if didn't... it's even
0: true i mean who knows if it's true or not is there any proof that it was that it's true they have like emails where he said that or is it just he said she know. said type of thing that's
1: not something we can know and unless the you know the discovery process or the trial becomes more public yeah um but it's certainly, uh, so it's surprising to me, especially, you know, and I'm, I don't know what happened to that person, you know, yeah. you know but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I have a
0: feeling that uh, we may never hear any of the details about it because... Well, that,
1: I mean, that screams settle out of court, obviously. Right, right.
0: Less well, what I was going to say is, yeah. like, if it turns out that Valve does its own internal investigation and mm-hmm. finds out that it's true, Valve will probably just settle. Yeah.
1: I mean, I like to think that if and it then... is true that that manager is not going to be there much longer oh
0: if it's true i'm sure yeah. he'll be he'll be let go or whatever but
1: because that that company is really good about taking care of its people i remember that was that was a story about um i think eric walpaw the writer of portal and a bunch of other stuff he's been there forever and like it was some medical thing and he was like oh i think you know this is going to knock me out or whatever it was going to be a bad medical situation i don't remember what this, the details were, but basically he was going to have to like you have like three months of procedure or whatever, or something was good, something like that i can 't remember the details, so i don 't want to get it r- totally wrong, yeah, but basically, like Gabe said, "Well, do whatever you need to do, and we'll see you back at work when you 're ready yeah like i don't care how long it takes like you're great and we want you and come back and you're always you always yeah. have a job here and and he walked out of that thinking like, well, I guess this is where I work forever that's and, the kind
0: of stuff that i've always heard about yeah. valve always like yeah. this came as a huge shock to me to see this, so that's
1: why i'm kind of wondering, is it true? Is it not true i mean that's a, that's a hard uh, thing to screen for. You it know? is, yeah. I mean, you, some, that stuff you don't... Re- you have kind of you know prejudice. You, it's very hard to know if someone holds those views until it's in front of you, you know? And it's also a touchy and, thing Until the situation to, arises, like yeah. you can't really say one way or the other.
0: And it's a touchy thing to even talk about, in all honesty. I yeah. mean, it's just one of those things that it's like you really got to think about your words carefully, and yeah, mm-hmm. so... I hope it's not true. I have a lot of respect for a Valve. I don't want to lose a little bit of that. Um... But, yeah, I guess we'll have yeah. to wait and see. Well, at the same
1: time, you know, it's going to matter. The the, the the litmus test will be how they deal with it if it turns out to be true. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to think that someone with those views would be tolerated around Valve uh, because, you know, I think they're better than that. So. Agreed, yeah. So
0: another thing we want to talk
1: about, we kind of mentioned already, No
0: Man's Sky delayed. Matt, do you think that's a big deal? big deal for me yeah well i mean it's obviously for anyone who I, don't it ma- play I don't think it. i
1: don't think enough people in the main you know the people that would make this like a multi-million seller hit like they don't even know that game exists yet so yeah. i don't think it matters in terms of like market the big picture. impact but uh i must re- reiterate my comment on the sifted story about it from earlier today motherfucker <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it sucks
1: that's what i was gonna do the week after e3 that was my carrot on the end of the e3 stick yeah all the shit we go through during e3 week i was gonna be like well Next week, I'm playing No Man's Sky. Everything's going to be okay. Now it's next week, I'm doing nothing.
0: Not only that, like, No Man's Sky is a perfect game for that. Yeah. Because it's, like, one of those games that kind of takes you away. Yeah. Then whisks you off to this <laughs> far-flung place where... I don't
1: have to live on this planet anymore. In four <laughs> more days, you
0: know? <laughs> I'll have my choice of the galaxy. Yes.
1: <laughs> now we must wait until, I don't know, it sounds like a couple months. Yeah, maybe. I don't think the delay... It's not a terrible delay, yeah. but, like... I don't really usually care about delays, but in the case of this game, like I, you know, I've, that's been my most wanted game for like two, two, three years now. So it's like on one hand, it's like, what's another two months? Yeah. Make it better, make it polished, make it good. You know, you know, the, the old Miyamoto quote, you know, a bad game is forever, but a delay yeah. is temporary. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I want it now, 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 now. Damn yeah. it.
0: Like, like the blurb said on Sifted for the story, though, it is probably the least surprising delay of any delay that could happen. An open world game with these types of possibilities, made by an indie developer—a team of ten or eleven, probably a little bigger now. I'm guessing it probably is bloated for crunch to get it yeah, done. I think so. But a very—they started team. with four, right? But a very small team of guys, like, you know, it kind of, the ball was kind of put on the tee there to mm-hmm. drive it onto the green as far as the delay is concerned. C-
1: certainly an ambitious project to follow Joe Danger 1 and yeah. Joe Danger 2. It
0: really is. It's crazy that that's it just what he, they went from. From
1: listening to, uh, was it Sean Murray? Is that, is that the head of Hello yeah. Games? He, to hear him talk, it sounds like they're like, you know, I think we could do this.
0: Yeah all right let's try let's it let's like try that
1: let's try to do this thing that no one has ever managed to do before yeah. and so we'll
0: see i actually i really do appreciate and love the attitude of that studio like yeah. every interview that they do like they're they're not like cagey they're not you know a lot of for a while there, are myself included a lot of people are like oh they're trying to hide something like why mm-hmm. won't they talk about like how the game plays and the fact of the matter is like when they were asked about it they did tell people how it played yeah. And uh, they haven't been cagey or trying to be like avoid the tough questions about it.
1: Um, and they've been very willing to just kind of bring it and show it. I mean, they yeah. they, they clearly they showed a ton of it. And they clearly use like you know pre-established planets for it that they know is gonna are gonna give you give them what they you know they want to show that you mine this stuff and then you dig into the rock and you get into a cave and that it's not cold there so you don't die and like yeah you know and so clearly they are they're you know to some degree con- controlling these demos yeah uh, but like. Everything I see looks great, and, oh, I like, and I love that there's like that survival element to it that like I always think is appealing in a game. But then a lot of times I play these survival games, and I'm just like, this is just irritating. And like, <laughs> and so I hope that they've balanced it well enough that that's not going to be a problem in, in this game. But I don't, know, you know, I might play this game, and the survival stuff might just get on my nerves in an hour, and I might just walk away. I don't know. Like that's happened before to me in these in survival type games. But I hope not. Now to like, be
0: fair, they did let IGN play it. IGN yeah. had, you know, how IGN does like its monthly like exclusive yeah. thing called IGN. Oh, IGN First. had a lot of
1: great coverage on that was yeah. that april
0: they did that the last last month yeah, yeah they did a
1: lot of great stuff on that they i, I learned i learned a lot watching those those videos so. yeah and
0: i mean they let them just play it yeah. so it's not like it's been walled off and no one's had been able no, to no, touch no. it and experience it although you know and
1: i'm yet to play it right you're yet well, to play
0: it it's never been on the floor of a i'll give you three guesses convention. i'll
1: give you three guesses who i'm looking for at e3 first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think it'll be on the floor no but i bet i can find sean murray if yeah, i look yeah. hard enough <laughs>
0: be hitting up that pr desk at uh, sony's booth <laughs> yeah. all right let's move on uh, another small topic we wanted to talk about um prey 2 back it's it's a back in action video game zombie it's back oh, to life it's yeah. been it's
1: been reinvigorated do you think this is a good a good thing i don't Looks know. like a new studio's
0: working on it
1: I, I really liked what with the you know the concept of it when they showed it back what was that like 2011 2010 yeah that was a that while about ago right yeah and like it looked really cool but like it just you know the, then it turned out it was vaporware the the video they showed was not in any way real it was no just... that's
0: not true no so, so the last year before it got canned. I thought
1: that was all like Target stuff.
0: No, I I saw a demo of the game uh-huh. at uh, Judges Week. It was either 2010 or 2011, like Judges Week. Bethesda always has an event at Judges mm-hmm. Week where literally they cram like 80 journalists into a, like a closet and you sit there and sweat your ass off while they show you games. Well, one of the games that they showed us was Prey 2, and they showed a demo of the game being played. Um, we didn't get to see a lot of the stuff that's in the trailer that you're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we saw was a pretty limited scope, but it did look Impressive considering the first game, I guess is the best way to put it right like the first game had all that hype and it came out and it wasn't bad it no. was just but weird. you got
1: to wonder why like, why is this even called prey 2 yeah like, who, like it really has very little to do with the no. original it's not, a, it's not a, I don't see a lot of like you know interdimensional portals with you know Native American like protagonists being abducted by aliens in this one
0: other than turok yeah I mean there's two games that are like that there's turok yeah. and there was the first prey. That is just a really bizarre... I wish I were in the pitch meetings for the first Prey to see how they convinced a publisher to sign on for that game.
1: Turok plus Portal, but before Portal. Yeah. <laughs> How pissed must the guys who made Prey be about Portal? It's just like, yeah. if we just put the portals in a gun. That's all yeah. we needed to do. <laughs> oh, we made it part of the environment. We're so stupid. It was right there. I, like I enjoyed the first Prey. Um, it was fine. it, it was had good.
0: unique concepts. It, it just wasn't exceptionally polished.
1: No, but there was a lot of like cool ideas, and like it was one of the first shooters to really play with the physics. You know, beyond like you know, then Deus Ex: Invisible War did that a little bit. Yeah, too. It was, it's kind of that period where people were sort of experimenting with the havoc stuff. Yeah, and it was a fun time.
0: For okay. sure. Let's move on to the last thing we're going to talk about before we get to the big six. So this week, the publisher of Stellaris, Paradox Interactive, who I want to give a shout out to. Because to me they're one of the publishers on the rise. Mm-hmm. It all started no with doubt. like cities and cities yep. did really well. They've had like three hits in a row.
1: And they don't they publish Magica as well? They do? Yeah, they've and got a lot of good Stellaris
0: stuff. Solaris has done amazing. It's those I mean,
1: guys are so good at picking winners.
0: Out of like yeah. a cra- a pile of crap. Yeah. Like they find they find <laughs> somehow they find the needle in the haystack. Mm-hmm. I mean I would give an honorable mention as well to Devolver, who is also is,
1: is great doing stuff a great too.
0: job with indie stuff. But Paradox More props to them because what happened was somebody went out and modded Stellaris and basically made every character in the game white. Wow. Took all the ethnicity out of the game. And somehow Paradox caught wind of it and went in and nixed the mod, crushed the mod, so that it can no longer be downloaded and played kudos to paradox interactive because yeah. like a lot of publishers might just turn the blind eye this and like, ignore it and oh just...
1: community's gonna community kind of you know
0: because there's a fear right
1: it's like right
0: what's well, like the, the donald trump thing that's going on right now like i don't want to get in politics and i'm not really political at all i actually hate politics but you see like people doing the same thing with like trump like they realize that they may need him at some point so they don't want to completely like distance themselves mm-hmm. from him but at the same time they know that it's not popular opinion to ride along with him so they kind of keep him at arm's length like this publisher could have done that because they could have been like oh man if we pull this mod that segment of people may come after us or boycott us or start some stupid petition or whatever uh they manned up and nixed the mod so good job paradox
1: yep
0: i I gotta say and
1: man that says a really disturbing thing about the because that, that game takes place in the far future so it's like that's a really disturbing thing about the modder's preferred future. Isn't well,
0: it? the truth of the matter is, in the far future, everyone will be the same color.
1: Yeah, but they're going to be white. it will be white, yeah. It'll be a nice, pleasing shade. We will
0: be a shade, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, millions of years from now or whatever, if the planet's still here, we will. All, most of us will all be about the same color, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be white. So, yeah, props to Paradox. Uh, with that, it's time to get to the big six. All right, so we've talked about Overwatch before. Mm-hmm. I was in the closed beta for quite a while, and I came on the show and gushed about it. Uh, final game came out a day early, which is awesome. I yeah. love that uh, Blizzard was cool with uh, retailers breaking street yeah. date.
1: It was like, what, if, whenever you get it, put it out. Didn't help the servers though. No, not so much.
0: <laughs> I but I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured when you do that, like legal street date break that it would kind of dovetail the users onto your servers. It mm-hmm. would be a nice, smooth ramp-up, and they'd be able to kind of judge how it's ramping up, and not the case at all. Like, no. the first couple days, the servers were pretty <laughs> rough, which, to me, is a huge surprise,
1: mm-hmm.
0: considering where this game's coming from. I'm still from having some,
1: some trouble getting into games on PS4. Really? Like, not like... like great... matchmaking
0: problems, or... Like, yeah, I, I just... Like, timeouts.
1: Not timeouts. Once I'm in the game, it's fine. But, like, between rounds or when I'm trying to search for a game, like... I'll sit there for like a minute and a half, two minutes, which is like really weird to me for a game that clearly has done well and is on. Everyone's playing. So I'm like, what else are you doing? You're playing online, and uh, you know, and especially after matches, like everybody will just kind of disperse somehow, and like we'll get like mig- we get, I get migrated to different, you know, we're, different instances a lot, and it's just, it's like, it was just surprising. Like usually, like you don't have a problem with like you know multiplayer games like launch week getting into games over and over again. And this one, on, at least on PS4. I mean, I've, I've heard it's very platform specific. Like, I don't, th- I don't know if that's a problem on the PC at all. But um and I, I picked the PS4 version because uh, I haven't played a mouse and keyboard shooter in so long. I figured the PC players would just destroy me. I played so... the
0: beta on PC. I'm playing the re- for review
1: on PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. And PlayStation 4 is good, but like I've yeah. just, I've noticed like a couple times. I'm just like I'm waiting a long time to get into a match like on launch week. Yeah. And I, I figure that's some kind of like minor glitch in there somewhere well on the flip side because once i'm in a game it's great like it, it's no problem
0: on the flip side of that and a little bit of a tangent like i've been playing doom for review and i've been playing a lot of the multiplayer because i feel like you need mm-hmm. to and man the the online audience for that game in the span of a week has just fallen off the map mm-hmm. i mean that's a pun map. for Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Falling yeah, off the yeah. map, which is something you can actually do in Doom, which you can't do in other multiplayer <laughs> games. But literally last night, I was having problems getting, like, Team Deathmatch games. Wow. Like, literally sitting there for, like, five, six minutes, like, waiting for it to fill up, and it would get half full, and then people would get tired of waiting, and they drop, and you, you just then you'd, then you'd leave and go mm. out, and, and, like, I was really shocked to see. Because I'm having fun with the multiplayer. It's nothing mind-blowing or groundbreaking, but it's still fun. Um, but yeah, that audience has completely fallen off. Whereas Overwatch is, is you know bursting at the seams and mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. So we both spent some time playing the final version. I will say that you know again, I played PC before. Now I'm playing PS4. I don't see many changes at all from when I played the closed beta to what I'm playing in the final version. Um, review scores for this game through the freaking roof. Yep. Like the first two reviews that we curated the sifted were perfect tens. Uh, 9.25 from Game Informer. I mean, how are you feeling, Matt, having spent some time with it now?
1: Um, I like it. Uh, I love the character designs. I love the art style. Um, uh, I'm having fun. I'm playing Farah uh, or Farah and uh, Mercy mainly, with uh, some stop offs. With I played with a couple of the tanks, Reinhardt and stuff, but I'm, I'm mostly going back to Farah. And
0: um, I play Soldier 76. Everybody hates him yeah. for some reason.
1: Because he's the standard like Call of Duty guy. I guess like, so, yeah. But um, so I've been enjoying it. I, I, I the, the matches are super fast paced. The characters are all different. Like you know, you dude, get, it's so fast. You gotta keep in so mind. You gotta keep in fast. mind what everybody can do when you're fighting them and all. It's it's got a little bit of fighting game to it and I like that. My main thing at this point is like I kind of feel like the game's shown me everything it's got in yeah. terms of like. There's the capture the zone mode, there's the escort the thing mode, and there's the capture the zone so you can escort the thing mode. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, well, like, there's a lot of variety in character and map, but I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm also only playing solo because, like, everybody I know has, like, everybody picked different platforms for this one. Like, I don't have a coherent group to play with in that So there's, like, some people on PS4, some people on Xbox One, some people on PC. So, like, I'm kind of soloing it for the most part, especially because I'm playing late and, um... Like, I've probably put like six or seven hours into it, and I'm kind of like, I'm not a huge competitive multiplayer shooter guy, and I, it's not enticing me to keep coming back. Uh, and I hate to be the whole like, you know, oh, it should have a campaign, but it should fucking have a campaign. I like, agree. Um, that those characters are so good looking and so cool, and like that world is so interesting, and those cinematic thing trailers and stuff are so involved. Like I love all those all those things. I'm like, why aren't you giving me more of that? Yeah. Like why why isn't that also there? I don't
0: get it either. Like they've created this incredible universe. They've already crafted several interesting mm-hmm. stories and great backstories for several of the characters. Like I already care a lot about these people. Yeah. Whatever aliens, whatever the hell they are, and. There's no way to sort of become gratified through that, through the Mm -hmm. game.
1: And I don't like to, you know, be all like, oh, the game should be like this when they weren't even trying to make it like that. But that's kind of like, you know, the sifted review evaluation system is set up to take that into account. It is, yeah. And, um... I think it's a valid thing on this game, you know, and, and like, there's been a lot of parody of, you know, people who are like, oh, The Witcher 3 is terrible because then they multiplayer. Well, it's not really the same thing, is it? Like, yeah. it's not like The Witcher 3 has a combat system that you just are begging to play against another person with. Yeah. Whereas, but Overwatch, I'm like, I really want to see more of this world and see more of these characters. Because it's so well realized. Yeah. Um. I Even mean, my girlfriend loves a bunch of the characters, and she like if they put those action figures out, she'll buy them. Trust yeah. me. And, but <laughs> I'm like, but she doesn't want to play the game because she doesn't like multiplayer shooter games, and she. This like, is
0: probably the last multiplayer shooter game you'd want to <coughs> play if you don't normally
1: play them either. Oh yeah, it's like it's this one's for people that know what they're doing. It's
0: really like, complicated, and, and like
1: every gonna... character, like between the whole, I mean, the roster characters is gigantic, and when you, the funny thing is when you play the different ones, you're like. Oh, this is like that uh, that shooter. That's like you know they kind of all sort of they hit all the different forms of shooter gameplay you can imagine all in one game. Yeah, and it's like it's interesting how they've synthesized that, and it's pretty well balanced. I know there's people that think like. Yeah, like Winston is right. super crazy overpowered and all that. But like I haven't really run into moments where I'm just like, there's nothing we can do now. You know. Even with like crazy pickup teams that everybody's just an assault guy and there's no you know, there's no balance to the teams, but like I you know, I I have never I haven't felt like I've just been steamrolled yet. Well
0: at least with this game you don't have to worry about the whole League of Legends thing that I've mentioned before, <coughs> where they put out the new character and make him OP so that everybody buys right. him because the characters and the maps are gonna be free. Which they better be because Yeah, they better stick paying, to that. If you're paying this much money for a multiplayer only game like that has no campaign like that's a lot Mm. of money to ask for a game that's just
1: online multiplayer like as good as it is and it is amazing still that's a tough ask yeah and i mean i'm i'm not the best uh you know to ask about that maybe because like that kind of gameplay doesn't grab me to begin with this one has grabbed me more than usual but i'm still kind of waiting for a game like this that really hooks me and this one isn't isn't quite there I wish it w- I wish the game modes were a little more involved. Not as involved as Battleborn cuz like we talked about before I think Battleborn is hard to keep track of everything cuz it's you know it's a MOBA but like from a very limited perspective. Oh and by the way that game I talked about that was like a, a you know from like Years and years ago, that was like an RTS, but you could play on the ground, and one person was like the commander, Savage. Yeah, that went up as a Savage uh, Resurrection, resurrected on Steam this week. Oh wow! There's a new version of that game 13 <laughs> years later. Wow! That they're like, I'm like, what I'm like, timing? I know. It's like they saw the same thing I did. I guess it was like, oh, this is our time. Let's yeah. go. You know. And um, so yeah, it's up on Steam. If anybody wants to give it, it's just like early access right now. But if anyone wants to like, take a look at the videos, like that's the game I was talking about. and It's back again. But. Um, Like, I wish there was kind of a happy medium between Overwatch and Battleborn in terms of the complexity of what you're doing in a match. Yeah,
0: Battleborn's too much.
1: It is too much. Even for
0: someone who plays MOBAs, and obviously not MOBA shooters, but just MOBAs in general, even I playing that game was like, what?
1: Mm. (laughs) But there's tons of great things in Overwatch. The play of the game thing is fantastic. I love that. Um, you know, I I love uh, the voting on who your favorite player was. I mean, all that's... I mean, that the trappings are great. The, the way, community part of it. it is, yeah, it feels even, but good. But in Blizzard, like, they know right. how to
0: do that stuff, man. Like, yeah. they know how to get you sucked into a community around a game and make you a part of it.
1: It's got that... I mean, it has that feeling of, like, um... It's, it's sort of, I always make the comparison to movies where you watch a really good movie like The Godfather or something and you kind of, you feel like you're held by like a master of yeah, the craft, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like Blizzard games have that feeling, the, the great Blizzard games have that feeling where you're like, oh, the, every single part of this game feels like feels solid. It feels like it's here for you. It feels like it's got a purpose. And Overwatch f- has that feeling to it.
0: I can't remember the last time I played a Blizzard game that I didn't think was great.
1: Even Heroes of the
0: Storm while I don't mm-hmm. like a lot of the changes that it made to the mobile formula, it kind of had to. Yeah. If it wanted to be successful cuz if you just try to recreate League of yeah, Legends or Dota, yeah. you have no chance. So despite that fact, it is a quality game. Yeah. Like well,
1: just like, you know, even when Diablo 3 was in pretty rough state when it launched, uh it was still fun it was still good yeah. and, and then uh uh reaper of souls that I mean that that game on ps4 was so good yeah like they, they you know the update on that they, they really made diablo 3 into a great game they did that played well yeah. with the controller yeah i think better
0: yeah i don't I, know if i got that far but
1: i enjoyed it more with the controller in fact i would play it on pc with a controller if i could I don't, I don't know if you can do that or not i don't think i'm sure it
0: it's Blizzard. They never... let you do whatever you want. That's True. why they're so great. True. <laughs> like you come up with something, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll do that." And um really listen And, to and Hearthstone.
1: Fans. I don't. I don't play Hearthstone much. I've only played Hearthstone enough to know what I've it is. I've played it like three times. But like... it still has that feeling. It feels chunky and real and and
2: thick. You yeah. know, it's, it's
1: it's it's really it's really a satisfying game. Even though I don't care about card games that much, it's a, it was a satisfying game to play when I was playing it. Just so I knew what I was looking at. Yeah, you know? for
0: sure. Well, here's one thing I would say is. When I first played Overwatch in the closed beta, it felt more to me like a MOBA, and like a character-driven game. Now that I've played it more, the final version, I've actually put a, a big chunk of time into it at this point, I feel like it's a lot more like Team Fortress 2. Like mm-hmm. To me, it kind of is Blizzard's take on Team Fortress 2. At least their attempt at it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot better than Team Fortress 2.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that because the character variety is. Oh, more... it's,
0: yeah, there's it's, it's, it's no comparison. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like, you know, for having so many characters, I have not really found any like dupes. You know, a, a character where yeah. where like there's no they, show to clones in this. Yeah, where they just like Reese or a noob cybot or whatever. Like where they just reskin this character and it basically has the same move sets and you can you know mm-hmm. obviously a tank is a tank. And
1: there's certain well, strategies. But those things all play very different. They do. It's very but impressive.
0: there are certain tenets to them. Right. Like, that you, you can take, you can absorb a lot of damage, you can deal a lot of damage. Sure, you have to have mm. that. I mean, you have to have... But the ways
1: they do it are very
0: different. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so impressed. And just the fact that they developed every character, like, there really isn't a character in that game that I look at and I'm like, ew. Mm. Like, well, the other with thi- Battleborn, like, almost all of them I did right. that, so...
1: Well, the other thing about Overwatch is... Um, and I know, uh, uh, who, I think it was, I think it was Cliff Blazinski who used to say this was was like one of the most important things in a multiplayer shooter is silhouette, being able to read the silhouette, being able to see that character and quickly identify just by its shape who it is, what the character is, what it can do, and what you need to be doing to fight it. it. Be and Overwatch it. is flawless. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you can see a character like all the way on the other end of the you know the, the visible map. And you know which character that is, and then you can start formulating your plan. Like, it's great. It's really well done.
0: Here's what I would also say about Overwatch, is that it's a game that's definitely not for everybody.
1: No, I would agree.
0: I mean, there are some people who won't even be able to play it if they don't have really good internet. I well, mean, it's all you need. They're living on DSL. There's or... that,
1: too. That also. And I know there's the uh, the low tick rate people have been complaining about, where it only updates. The update's slower than your average uh, yeah. shooter, like Battlefield 4, or Call of Duty, and... I mean, I have seen that. I mean, I have gotten killed behind walls a couple times from that I see that, but not nearly as often as in Battlefront, so I'm not (laughs) really all that pissed about it, frankly. I mean, look, Call of Duty
0: has... Its tick rate is, like, more than double Overwatch's. But still, in Call of Duty, you see it all the time. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, wait a minute, like... I'm seeing one thing in live gameplay, and then I'm seeing Mm -hmm. another on the replay. Like, you get killed and you don't see anybody, and then you watch the replay, and they were, like, five feet away from you. And Mm -hmm. that's with a much better tick rate,
1: so... And I haven't really seen a lot of that in Overwatch. Not not in comparison. I
0: mean, I've seen discrepancies. Yeah. Like, you know, when you run into somebody and you're like, (laughs) I won that duel, and then you watch the replay, and in the replay, you never even fired a bullet. Like, Mm -hmm. I've seen some stuff like that, but nothing, like, egregious, where... I didn't see like the person at all and ended up dead or anything like that. So mm-hmm. let's get back to the review scores for this. Um perfect tens. I mean it's it's average right now, it's way up there. Like it might end up being like it might end up beating uncharted for Metacritic Maybe. for twenty sixteen. Can could you ever rationalize giving a multiplayer only game a score that high, Matt?
1: Me personally, no. Because yeah. multiplayer just isn't what I'm here for. Right. You know, but like...
0: say if it were, like, a game that only has, like, it's really good in one element, but only has one element and is missing another chunk mm-hmm. that you would kind of expect from a game, particularly at full price, mm-hmm. could you see giving a game a score that high? Not and Ignore Sifted's game evals. Right. Just imagine you're, you're back reviewing for GameSpot or IGN or whatever.
1: Not on a 100-point scale, I wouldn't think. Like, I mean, I don't know what a game that would get a 10 on, like, GameSpot's... Uh... Like scale for me would be like yeah. I don't. I, that's a hard thing to picture. Um, there's not a lot of perfect games in the world. Uh, in terms of attempting to do what it sets out to do and a, succeeding at it perfectly, like Overwatch is pretty close. But again, I want a little more complexity out of it. I want a little more to do in the matches. Because
0: it's not just that you're missing out on campaign. You're also missing out on like co-op options yeah. and like. I mean, I'm playing Doom, and like Doom has a snap map, like. Mm-hmm. And, man, I don't know if you messed around with Doom's map at all, but it is not exactly user-friendly. But, you know, after I spent a couple hours with it, I got it, and I built a map. It's out there, Sifters. Just search for Sifted.net in the maps in Doom. It is a capture-the-flag map shaped like an S for Sifted. Hmm. But, uh... So I got it I figured it out it wasn't user friendly but I got it and now I'm getting value out of that like a co-op mode you get value out of mm-hmm. this has none of those so if you're talking about three pillars of a bit of a modern video game it has one
1: and does that one real well really really well for sure and then you I mean it's it's not an easy question to answer because I also kind of understand like the temptation to give it that kind of yeah. a high score because it is so engaging and it is so it feels so good because you know,
0: the it, value for the game could still be far beyond other
1: games that do have mm-hmm. all three pillars. I but mean, I still, I I still feel like sixty bucks was too much for it. Yeah, I don't. I, it wasn't. I know it wasn't that all that much. It wasn't that much on PC. It was like for forty. Yeah, I think it was forty bucks, which is more more like what it should be. That's I where know, it should be. Yeah. I know you got a few extra skins or whatever when you bought it on PS4 or Xbox One, but I still don't feel like it was quite full price. Worthy in that regard, and I mean, obviously, it's going to vary on how much you value competitive multiplayer versus other forms of gameplay. But I value competitive multiplayer, you know, kind of in the middle.
0: Yeah, I value it a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a big shooter guy, and I play. I'll probably end up playing Overwatch for you know months. mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't quite hit the burnout stage yet because I feel like you know I've mastered a couple. I even mastered. I'll probably
1: stick with it longer than I originally anticipated, since I have no don't have No Man's Sky to play in a month.
0: Someone in the chat is saying Amazon dropped it. This is from Han Low Blow, uh, or no, it's from Cheater Hater. Amazon dropped it to fifty right mm. away. So that's good. That's good to know. That's Thanks for good. the heads up on that.
1: And how much was TF two when it came out? TF two wasn't TF two was part of the orange box. Yeah, so it was ten dollars. Ten bucks, I mean, yeah, <laughs> roughly. So that and Portal were what like the new content basically yeah. in there, um, which I thought was a pretty good deal. Even no, though, the even orange though box it, is one of the yeah. best deals ever,
0: man. It was like. Five slices of brilliance in on one (laughs) disc. Yeah, I mean, that was a great deal.
1: But, like, I mean, the other interesting thing, I think, is between Overwatch and Doom, I think I've discovered that it's not that I don't really like shooters anymore. It's just that I haven't liked the shooters people have been making for a while. Yeah. Did you ever
0: play through the Doom campaign by any chance?
1: I'm not done with it, but I'm about two-thirds through, I think. In one sentence, what are you thinking? I think it's great. Yeah. I just love it. Working like, on the
0: Game valve, by the way, it's almost done, but I have been putting a ton of time into It is my the surprise of the player. year.
1: I, think, I did yeah. not expect anything. Out, maybe that helps. I didn't expect anything out of Doom, because I'm not a, you know... But I, I I love it.
0: It reminds me a lot of Wolfenstein. Yeah. It was like a shooter yeah. that I had very, not low expectations for, but moderate expectations mm-hmm. for and then it definitely far exceeded what i yeah. and then you know couple- and just
1: like wolfenstein it takes the concept of that old game and like really adapts it to the modern yeah. ideal very well and doom you know doom isn't the same game but it does the same thing and it, it, it yeah. takes it takes the doom concept into 2016 and it, it i love it it's got a lot of fun
0: so getting back to overwatch so tens you'd have a problem giving this game a score that high
1: i would definitely not give it a score that high
0: yeah i would have big problems doing that as well and look i'm probably some. i'm staring down the barrel at probably playing this game for several months mm-hmm. you know at least right now that's what where i'm feeling about it
1: um if pro- it had, if it had a campaign that really involved me in the world and and got let me get to know the characters and kind of you know delved further into what what we're seeing in those cinematic trailers like i feel like I would I would probably be in ten range for Here, here's
0: what I, I would agree with that. Here's what I would say though about Blizzard is Blizzard's never made a game like that. Yeah. Think about that. That's true. It has never made like a story driven campaign for a video game like this. Like RTS games, sure. I mean Yeah,
1: I mean there's a story in Diablo. There's, there's a story, a...
0: but it's like
1: There's a story in Lost Vikings.
0: Yeah. But they've never done like a cinematic where you have to have all these right. cutscenes and all these camera angles and all this it's yeah, all the, blizzard it's is usually whole... like
1: that you've got the crazy opening cinema and the crazy closing right. cinema and maybe a few mixed in in, like, in between Star, conversations. Like the Star, starcraft 2 was probably closest they yeah. got in that regard
0: but they've never done anything like this and so yeah. i wondered if they just knew right out of the gate like look if we're going to do something like this it's going to set the game back
1: a year yeah. i mean maybe maybe that's coming could um, be and if the updates are free I have a feeling if they did that, that update would not be free. Probably not free. <laughs> but you I mean, know what? I would, I would probably buy it. Yeah. Even though I've already bought it. Oh, yeah. I would, yeah. I would probably buy that just to have more of that world. Yeah. I,
2: and i will buy
1: those figures like if you put yeah. figures out I'll buy all, like half that cast like they're so good it's the designs hard. are so good it's hard for
0: me to know if i would buy it right now because like i said like blizzard doesn't have a lot of experience doing things right. like that and so i would probably but i also
1: kind of trust blizzard especially after the diablo 3 fiasco yeah. i think i think i trust blizzard to not release something like that until it's ready yep so if and when that happens on board yep for sure. so
0: matt who would you recommend overwatch to
1: Anyone willing to play first-person shooters, frankly, I mean, just at least to try it. I mean, it's it's very much the kind of the essence of what the multiplayer shooter experience is distilled down to a really polished gem. I would say, and um, while that may not be enough to like you know keep me engaged for months on end because I just don't I I just don't care about like the competitive scene that much. I think anybody who's willing to pick up you know a mouse and a keyboard or a controller and shoot things with the crosshairs should at least give it a try. Yeah. Because I guarantee you there's a character in there you're going to enjoy playing as. And like it's just so well polished and well put together. It's just such a satisfying game. I'm a to little play. torn
0: on it because I agree with pretty much everything you just said. But I also feel like it is a really complicated shooter. Mm. And so it's like this weird... It kind of contradicts itself a little bit because it has these great characters, like you said... That people are going to find at least one that they relate to and want to play as. So it is very inviting to someone who doesn't play a lot of shooters, or maybe a casual shooter fan. Like, I can see them seeing this and being like, this looks like it might be for me. But then you start playing it and you realize that it's far more complicated. Mm-hmm. It does
1: assume a lot of knowledge. Than like a
0: Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Like, if so, it would be hard for me to recommend, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it would be hard for me to recommend this game as like a starter shooter. For someone who doesn't play a lot of starter shooters, even though the game looks like an awesome like lollipop that they yeah. can't it wait, it wants to, to eat.
1: position itself as that. Too, yeah, yeah,
0: and it has, and it's and maybe you know, and maybe
1: my of... criticism of the lack of complexity in the matches is is unfounded because there's so much complexity in the characters uh, yeah. to, and to learn the matchups basically. But uh, as a fighting game player, like, I I picked up on that real fast. Yeah, and like you know, so I guess you know, and it's not like it's, I guess it's a little weird for a fighting game. Player to like complain that like there's not enough to do in a match when, like, in a fighting game, the whole match is you versus the other person. Right, right. And that's pretty much what Overwatch is, too. Um, but to me, I just, I just wish we were doing other things. You know, even, I don't even like Capture the Flag, but I play Capture the Flag on this. You know, but yeah. then, like, but then I wonder, like, how does Capture the Flag translate to a cast of characters that has all these abilities? That's all, you know, to balance this stuff and make it still remain fat, satisfying and feel fair. Like, that's probably a huge task that I'm completely underestimating.
0: Yep, for sure. Um, Yeah, it just has kind of put me in this weird position. The other thing I would say, too, about it is that, like, I got got an early review code of it, so I was able to get on as soon as the servers went live. And the skill level of the other players from that moment till last night has just shot through the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, casual players trying to jump into this, like, the longer it goes the less inviting yeah. it becomes. Well, and it's interesting Matchmaking
1: it's, can only do so right. much. Well, and it's also interesting to see, like, because it, it seems to throw you in, like, matches with very new players early on and kind of build you up. Uh, I, when I first played, I played the, the tutorial thing and messed around in, like, kind of the free, you know, where you free play and can just, like, blow the robot dummies up. And then I jumped in a quick play, and I didn't die for three matches. Wow. I went, I my first game was a thirty-five game kill streak with no Whoa, deaths. With Farah. That's Pharah, amazing. With Farah, and um, and once I got to like level three, I think four, it started putting me into matches with like people who are like level f- four, like kind of five to to ten or so, and like. That's actually pretty good. And like, I mean, that's showing the matchmaking working well there. Yeah, it, it was. It did work, but like, as soon as I hit that level, like I lasted like. Thirty seconds. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, there were people who knew how to use their characters and knew how to play, and you could really see, you know, how the skill curve was working and how people were learning. And like, as soon as you hit this, like, you know, people who had been playing it for a few hours, like, everybody kind of figured some stuff out, and everybody was really competent with their characters. And it was a totally different game.
0: Yeah. And imagine the level twelve. Once you get 50. way up, you <laughs> up to fifty, and all that. Yeah, it's
1: going to be. I mean, I'm I'm not I am not a competitive tournament watcher for anything other than fighting games. But I'm really curious to watch some tournaments of Overwatch, because I think high-level play in this game is going to be crazy. Because
0: there are, like, five layers to the onion in the game, man. Like, there's just the base, run around and shoot other people. But there's so many other, like, little hidden Mm, mechanics,
1: like... And the teamwork and the strategy of who picks what character. Yes, and building
0: your team. Building the
1: team. Like, I'm sure there's going to be team builds that are better than others. It's... You know, who knows? Who knows what's in this game?
0: By any chance, did you see the video that we curated the Sifted this week? Like, the Mythbusters thing from a YouTube channel, Defend the House? No,
1: I saw that pop up, but I haven't had time watch to watch it. Watch it, man. Because yeah.
0: what that does, like, we've, cur- we've That's actually... That's a really
1: good series. We've
0: actually curated that series a yeah. ton of times. And, like, it hasn't got a lot of interest. Like, Sifters, you should watch those. Like... They're good. Like, that's one of those things we're probably going to keep curating as they do them. They do get a little bit out, they run out of, like, things to test after, like, the third episode for each game. But the first couple episodes for each one it, are amazing. And we've been curating them for weeks. And finally, just yesterday, with this one for Overwatch, we finally saw all the websites, mm. like, grabbing it, it out. and, and yeah. pulling it in and being like, Hey, this is pretty awesome. So... Watch it, man! Yeah. Like, like
1: that's my favorite, like, kind of series that's popped up and re- since probably, um, uh, you know, like, did you know gaming? Yeah, and that's, so the, the, it's the yeah the, the Mythbusters thing is really cool. Yeah. They come up with some good things and they do it. Like, well, it's because the good user asks the questions
0: and yeah. they're typically players who are hardcore and. But yeah, a really good series. You guys should watch it if you haven't already. You can find it on the Overwatch game page if you're looking for it. If you don't want to scroll down your Sift a long ways because actually today was a great day for video game content. I don't know if you guys have been on the site or not, but. Lots mm-hmm. of good stuff, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that popped up today a little later in the show. I do like
1: what Eric Estrada 12 just said, too, where he says the, like, the game has no context, where it's like, you don't know who these people are, why they're fighting each other. That's a really why good point. We're, Why we're escorting this car over and over again. And, like, in comparison... Unless
0: you watch, like, the crazy CG shorts. Right. Like, you have
1: no idea. And, like, yeah, I, I, Winston has the whole thing where he kind of explains what Overwatch is, but, like, why are we all fighting each other? And yeah. I, you know, I guess there's some kind of... Yeah. But it's like... Yeah, if you hadn't watched the PR campaign leading up to the game's release, you're going to jump in and be like, what the hell? Which,
0: I mean, let's be honest, like, most people who buy games didn't yeah like you know sure. people like us we're not the majority we're no. the niche minority well it's very, like very proud to be that oh yeah but, but it's like are. you have
1: to recognize that most people don't know these major entertainment products of any kind are coming out until maybe a month out when they start running the commercials on the nba games and the nfl games yeah, you know? yeah. it was like uh, last year when you know i i watch football on sundays at one of my friends places and he's huge into star wars he used to be part of the 501st like the whole thing yeah and we all sit around and we watch football we argue about star and marvel movies and dc movies and everything and um you know other people come over that are not like super hardcore but like at one point like right before thanksgiving i remember uh one of the first commercials aired on one of the nfl games for uh, star wars force awakens yeah and this one of one of the people who attends regularly was like oh wow they're making a new star wars movie and we're like (laughs) where have you been for the last like three months when (laughs) we're And but but like I was arguing exactly <laughs> what you're saying for four weeks I'd been arguing I'm like no people that like that aren't us don't know these things are yeah. going to happen they don't yeah. know until they start seeing the ads and like she just completely proved my point for me I was yeah. like she had no idea a new Star Wars movie was coming well, out is, and we'd been talking about it for three years yeah you know it's like and it's the thing about it is that world. like you know
0: people like us we are friends with other people like us right. and so you're kind of insulated from like for lack of a better term, the common man. Right. Like, what the rank and file are typically doing, and, like, yeah, you're right. Sometimes stuff like that happens, they just, like, psh, psh <laughs> like a big old, like, wake-up call. You're like, whoa, maybe I'm weird. Like, why do I know all this stuff? And these other people don't even know that the movie's even being yeah. made. Like,
1: I wouldn't trade it for anything. No. I mean, I love no. knowing all this stuff, but... Uh, but it's it is... to me, like, it's like when you start... You can start talking hockey, like, right before the show, and, I, like, you, you and Sam are throwing back and forth... Names and events and games and seasons, and I'm just like, nur, 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 yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> you, sh- you the Sharks, me. the Sharks are in the cup. Co- yeah. oh, you that's surprised all I got. me with your knowledge, actually, of the Sharks. I was impressed. I try to know a little bit about everything, but yeah. um, that's about as far. Uh, You've you, you now experienced the extent of my hockey knowledge. Well, you knew that their reputation is that they're chokers, right? Which for someone who That's doesn't like, like hockey. That's so what I said. I said whoever wins this game gets to beat the Sharks for the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Which I completely disagree with, by the way. But uh, I, I would but like to, he's right. I that would like to disagree. I'm from the Bay Area. I'd like yeah. to see the Sharks win. But um, I, I even as a very casual hockey fan... Uh, not even fan I'm just a hockey aware person <laughs> uh, I I I've seen it too much yeah. and I have friends who are super hardcore sharks fans and they're all very, they're 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 rooting for them cautiously optimistic but they're very they're tempering <laughs> the expect I mean yeah. they, they they're not admitting it but they're they're kind of they're ready for them to get to game Win three games and then lose four. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but this is a great analogy
0: for Overwatch. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who look at this game who are maybe more casual players, like the people we were just talking about who didn't, didn't know Star Wars mm-hmm. was being made. But
1: those are the people who make these games 10 million sellers. They are, exactly. Who make these movies billion-dollar movies. You know, you have to engage those people to be a hit.
0: Yeah. And so I worry for those people a little bit because I feel like you know, it's kind of like the Bloodborne thing that I was talking mm-hmm. about way back when was, you know, some people may you know see all the hype and all the whatever and not really realize what the game is and then they get it and they're like oh no what have i done i just burned 60 dollars or whatever so
1: penguins won by the way they did yeah that's what they're saying
0: damn congratulations
1: congratulations pittsburgh
0: I'm sorry. I know some of you guys watch this you don't care about hockey or sports or whatever, but I can't hold that in. I oh,
1: just... anyone who subscribes to SIFT likes to see Shane happy.
0: <laughs> I am happy right now, man.
1: Father Shane is ecstatic. What was the Blessings final? Blessings upon you.
0: That better not be... Oh, they said there's five seconds left. No, they won. Two to one. Yes! We're going to the cup.
2: Yes! <laughs> yes!
0: All right. The rest of the show's <laughs> going to be awesome now. If you thought I had energy before. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh so yeah i can see some parallels kind of between you know overwatch and and bloodborne and that some people might get sucked Battle in that ba- well no with bloodborne because, bloodborne yeah because bloodborne is like this game that got really great reviews mm. and you know a lot of people are hyping it up saying how great it is and you know for a casual person someone who may not know the next star wars is even being made Who sees it, maybe talks to a couple of their gamer friends, buy it, and then they're like, holy cow. (laughs) That's a
1: tough one to walk into blind. It is.
0: And, like, I feel like Overwatch could be like that a little bit. It's -hmm. it's certainly a lot more... Look, you know, Bloodborne's the extreme example here. It's certainly way more inviting than, you know, Bloodborne is and a little more easy to digest. But I can kind of see the parallels there,
1: so... The other thing about Overwatch is, like, normally after a while, I I stop... Being tolerant of dying, like I start, oh fuck you, I get. Yeah. But Overwatch, especially with the kill cam, for like a lot of times, I find myself going, like, all right, that was pretty good. Like, it, like people find such clever ways to kill each other in this game that with, with their different abilities. Yeah. And different yeah. Like, it's some. I, there was one point where like we were we were exiting onto a on, like this bridge thing, and someone was the um the um the like the ice girl, the girl who can like. Project yeah, ice yeah. Sun stuff. I don't remember and stuff, and she threw like this ice bridge, like the ice wall up on the bridge, and we all sort of like collision detected off the bridge and fell to our deaths. And I was like, "Well played." All right, like, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that was going to happen, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, don't do it again. <laughs> but, so I guess like,
0: to kind of close things off, at least my impression so far, and again, my gaming eval is coming. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at this game as, I'm not into shooters, but this might be a shooter that I would like. Mm-hmm. I think that they might like it. I think they might ultimately be really frustrated by it, though, if yeah. they're not used to playing a lot of shooters.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially for, for full price. Yeah. If you can find a deal on it, I would say, you know, that it's kind of like adjust your expectations by how much you spend. Yeah. Of. So uh, I would agree with that for the most part.
0: Yep. So... Yeah, I don't think it's gonna convert anybody who's not been a shooter fan. So, I wouldn't say so. So if you're in that camp where you're like, I haven't bought a shooter for a long time, you know, maybe Overwatch is the one. I would, I would
1: play Doom.
0: Yeah, you're actually that's a good point. <laughs> Frankly, that is a really good point. I think Doom is probably the better choice there. It's yeah. much more straightforward though. Doom is pretty complicated too.
1: Doom is no pushover, but yeah. I think I think Doom uh is a little easier to kind of get your mind around i haven't found
0: doom to be hard what i've found is that there's a lot of luck involved in doom Mm -hmm. like you can boot up like the same checkpoint over and over and like play it five times in a row and like the first time you played it you almost beat it the second Mm -hmm. time you die in 10 seconds the third time you, you you're like two-thirds of the way to getting to the next checkpoint. Yeah.
1: I've had that where it was like you, you, can you, you, run into these, no, you run into these things and you're like, oh my god, how am I going to beat that room? And you walk in after the checkpoint and it's like, Dead, 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 dead. Yeah. What, the, what happened last time? Why did I die? Because yeah.
0: sometimes you just get trapped in a corner. Sometimes you get trapped. Or... Or...
1: Some, sometimes you, your aim is better. Sometimes you hit hard. You know, there must be some kind of critical hit system happening. Yeah. Or sometimes these guys go well, It's hit like they said, if it, if it has a head,
0: right. that's its weak point. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule for the whole game. But you
1: can't always guarantee that a demon's going to have a head. <laughs>
0: that's a good point. That's a really good point. All right, let's move on to the next topic of the big six. I'm so damn happy the penguins won, by the way. Hmm. If they had lost while I was sitting here, it would I would have just been completely depressed. So, all right. Next, we're going to talk about something that's been swirling around actually for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, New well, part of it has been swirling around for a while. Uh, New Xbox at E3. We've heard that. I think we've have we ever done a topic about it on the show? I don't think so.
1: But it's been floating around. I think maybe we mentioned off
0: the top of the show at one point or another. There's been
1: chatter about it, but I don't think there's been a solid like you know rumor, but like a leak or anonymous source, whatever thing. Yeah. Until now.
0: And so that's been confirmed, but the other far more interesting part of it is that yesterday and today, so yesterday Kotaku broke a story, great job Kotaku, again, like I said, they're like the real news sleuths in this industry, doing it again. They broke a story yesterday saying that their sources said that not only is there a slim Xbox One that's going to be unveiled at E3, there is also a brand new hardware revision coming next year. Um... So then today, Polygon follows up on Kotaku's story and starts talking to its sources. And its sources said that the Xbox One that's coming next year is four times more powerful than PlayStation 4 Neo. But then I saw other people were reporting 50%. Like, here's the thing. How do you ever quantify four times more powerful than, like a system like you really especially can't. in a modern yeah it's impossible like
1: you're, you're you're down to benchmarks of similar games or the same games and i doubt anyone's made that you know comparison yet
0: that said there is a huge discrepancy between four times and 50 percent yeah but and so the the story of polygon ran today also said that it's doing this so that it will be compatible with rift oculus mm. rift mm-hmm. which makes it makes sense like you would basically have to does it
1: have enough people bought Rift to put it in No, no, no. Not that
0: part of it. Just the power yeah. part of it. Right. Meaning it, that it, it makes would need, need to be several magnitudes, yeah. magnitudes more powerful for the Rift to work right. with it in, in really in any way, shape, or form. Right. So that part of it, I, I can believe that it, it needs to be more powerful. Four times, I don't really believe Probably that. Not four times, yeah. but like <laughs>
1: a 50% boost over the PS Neo, like that seems about right.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, the Neo is already pretty beefy yeah yeah so even a 50 percent bump over the neo is a pretty big freaking deal i mean basically we're we talking about like xbox
1: one two now kind of but at the same time it's like what do you have that i need if if i have a windows machine
0: yeah well because the other thing that came Cause out, i don't
1: think they care anymore the
0: other thing that came out i think it was today maybe yesterday is that more pretty much every xbox one exclusive going forward mm-hmm. is going to come out for pc
1: so it's like I don't. Apparently, I don't need an Xbox anymore. I mean, Matt, haven't we just reached a point where we're just buying PCs, shuttle PCs? Well, I mean, we always were to some degree.
0: Uh, I, mean, like, I don't know about but it, that. It just. Was, I mean, you, self, the cell processor is something that was never in a PC.
1: Right, but I mean, you were basically buying different iterations of hardware, and they're all. Comp- I mean, they're all computers. I mean, right. it, was, it was just a different market. Look, was, they all have CPUs, GPUs, right. RAM. Right, but once I mean, it's like once I think once they got online, once they became updatable. Once they became, you know, that obsession with having parody and performance parody with PC and and everything became kind of like this giant circle, um, and especially once Nintendo dropped out of that part of the race, like, the lines have blurred and blurred and blurred, and now I think you're left with, you've got a Windows machine, and you've got a thing you play Sony exclusives on.
0: Well, I mean, look, they, um, they almost always used to have custom parts. Yeah. And consoles. And up until this generation, even, like, a lot of them still had... Oh, the
1: PS3 was one giant custom disaster. Everything, sure. yeah, which
0: is why it cost 599 yeah. US dollars. And why
1: you're never probably going to see an emulator for it.
0: But, I like... mean, look, you can even go back to, like, the Art X chip in the N64, mm-hmm. like, blast processing with...
1: That wasn't a
0: thing. <laughs> but before, it was like you had to learn how to program specifically for that mm-hmm. platform. And now, it's just, it's all the same. These Mm -hmm. are these uh, machines are all built with off-the-shelf parts. Like, are we getting to a place where there's really no point in even naming these anymore? Like, probably. Like, really, shouldn't it just at this point just be called the PlayStation and the Xbox? I mean, you'll have
1: to designate them something, just like the iPhone, because call it like Mach Two, Mach Three. you're just gonna have iterations of them. You know, it's not really gonna matter. It's all going
0: back to my whole idea of the modular console where you snap your components. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if we started seeing like years. PlayStation, yeah. f- PlayStation 2015, PlayStation 2016, yeah, yeah like, like, because like that—that's what's going to come down to is what year model you have. Yeah, it really than, is. As more, long as they
0: make sure that you know the next, the prior machine stays mm-hmm. backwards compatible.
1: Makes you wonder if they had that in mind when they called it Xbox One.
0: It could be because they knew it was going to be the one that lasted forever.
1: Yeah, because we don't know. We—it looks like we're going to get the PS Nine a lot faster than I thought <laughs> at this rate. Um, I mean I, I mean it makes sense it's also kind of sad to me in the sense that we've you know as a as having consoles my whole life like watching that method of delivery is sort of sad to see it fade away I think it became inevitable not just when everything became off the shelf parts but also when the budgets of these games got so crazy that like yeah. you can't afford to have a bomb now it has to be a hit on every platform you have to put it on every platform you know yeah. wide enough audience that you you are you have the best shot at making your money back and making a profit and making enough of a profit that you're going to be able to make another game to stay in business.
0: Well, look at Uncharted 4. You know, that's yeah. a good example of that huge first week, second week drop-off in Europe and Japan was extreme. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Japan not so much because pretty much everyone who owns a console in Japan owns a PlayStation 4. But in Europe, you know, it's kind of spread out a little more with Xbox One and Wii U And to see that big of a drop there kind of shows you that, you know, not everybody, even though as dominant as the PlayStation 4 is, Mm -hmm. not everybody owns a PlayStation 4. And so when you have that game on one platform, the risk of it having a great opening week and then kind of falling off later on is much greater. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really tough to create exclusive games. And so on many levels... It's crazy to
1: look back in like, you know, 16-bit era and think about how many games were only on one system. Yeah. And it's just not feasible now
0: like microsoft strategy makes perfect business sense the problem is is that that's not how they sold the machine to people when it was first shown like that's the issue Uh, now that i've owned one and i've kind of got my value out of my xbox one like probably not quite yet because i really only play Mm exclusives on it at this point but you know you start going back and you start looking at it and it's like well if you're if you out of the gate told me Look, you know, a lot of these games are going to come to Windows 10. I probably still would have bought an Xbox One anyway, or would I?
1: Now that I'm thinking about know. it, like I mean, it's a good choice if you don't want to spend the money on a you know a powerful gaming rig. It's gonna, yeah. I mean, do, I guess it's, it's gonna kind of like fine. the discount but way like, to play. Yeah, but it's you know, and, and there needs to be something like that. But like if this, for me, who has a competent gaming PC, like I'm you know, I really want to play Scalebound, but if that's going to be on Windows 10. I'm just going to play it on Windows 10. It's going to look better. It's going to run better, and What's the difference, you know? And on top of that, like, the Xbox One has been having, you know, trouble even running stuff in full resolution since the beginning, so, yeah, like, I don't see the point of it anymore.
0: I mean, the one thing I would say And about this is
1: coming from someone who's a really hardcore 360. Like, 360 yeah, yeah. was my system, man. It was
0: everybody's system. I mean, that's just the way it was pretty but much. But I
1: will always go where the experience is better. I mean, and in this case, like, you know, I can get a better... You know, Xbox at least had the exclusives versus the PC versions of... 360 games or what have you and now it's you're at the point where it's like well if i can get a better version of Scalebound or forza or you know quantum break or whatever like why wouldn't i
0: no i mean the one thing i would say about xbox one is you try to buy a comparable shuttle pc mm-hmm. for the same price you're not going to get the same performance that you get at xbox one. No. no so as far as that as far as that say, if you're just looking at xbox one as a pc in a little box it's a pretty good value yeah. The kit that you're getting, and the reason you get that, and Pactor said this on Pactor Factor before, is because you know they buy the parts in bulk, and so they can get the card and the CPU and right. the GPU really cheap, and so that gets passed on to you as a consumer. And unfortunately, these Steam machines or whatever Shuttle PC company you want to talk about, they don't do that kind of volume. They don't get that price, which is why their prices are a little mm. higher. So, but that is a, an interesting way to look at xbox one going forward is look at it as like a shuttle pc that you're mm-hmm. getting like a good deal on and it's not a, me- a mega powerful shuttle pc but it looks plenty good yeah enough. you're basically
1: looking at a windows box yeah at this point
0: but you know that to me should have been and look it could be a shift in strategy it could be something really i it, is. it probably yeah. is when seeing what how xbox One's doing seeing how their software is doing because they know as mm. better than anybody microsoft does that software is where you make yeah. all your money. They know that better than anyone. So it's not a shock for me to kind of change, for them to see them change from that hardware to software mm. mentality. Um, the
1: shock for me is that, like, this paradigm shift kind of makes one of the major consoles useless to me.
0: It does. And you that's have an, never an happened amazing before. PC. Yeah. Like, I've
1: always had all the I, consoles, I mean, even the Wii U. I mean, I, I, it took me a while, but I got one. I mean, I, yeah. I, I haven't passed on a major console... You know, ever. I mean, even if it I've meant, like, going back later. You know, I went back later and bought a TurboGrafx-16 and right. a bunch of stuff for the you know, PC Engine and all that. But, like, like there's just no reason for me to have an Xbox in the house. You know, it, not, it, not Xbox One, but, like, going forward, if that's what their strategy is, I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just not an Xbox customer anymore.
0: I'll put it to you this way, Matt. So when I thought my Xbox broke and I took it out of my entertainment center two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I have not put it back in the entertainment center. Mm-hmm. It sat on the kitchen table for a week. And that's usually the breaking point for my wife, to where she's like, (laughs) get that thing off of there. And once it sat there for a week, I took it and put it back in the back bedroom, and it's been sitting there. I have no reason to use it now. Mm -hmm. Like, and looking at it going forward, do I have a reason to?
1: Not if everything's on Windows. I mean,
0: I've been going through and watching all three tons of three D content because I can do that right. again because my Xbox One is out of the chain. I mean, like, there's
1: stuff on the Xbox One. I mean, I love Rare Replay. I, I like the Forza games. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want to play Forza Horizon Three this fall. I mean, unless there's a better, way better looking PC version, like I don't. It's like, what do I do with that? Like, it's so weird. It's so weird that they've made. It's like they're making that system obsolete to me. To me, I, I know I'm not the whole industry. I'm not the whole consumer base. There's tons of people that don't have a PC that can run things on that level, and an Xbox makes sense to them. But like, it's never happened to me before that I like I can look at a major console and be like, No, I don't really. I don't need that. There's nothing I need to play on that. And now let's look ahead
0: to next year when this alleged mm-hmm. ex- beefy Xbox comes out or whatever. At that point, isn't it- isn't it just competing with shuttle PCs? I mean... Yeah. Because at that point, everybody's going to know. But the, Every Xbox but One think, exclusive also comes out for PC. At that right. point, probably Gears of War 4 will have already come out for mm-hmm. PC, which is really one of the last, other than maybe Scalebound, one of the last games that can really snag in people mm-hmm. as an exclusive.
1: Well, I, I, mean, think, I think their advantage there is that more, a lot more people know what Xbox is versus a Steam machine or sure, a shuttle PC. sure. Like, like, there's, there's still going to be some brand gravitation to that.
0: But I just find it funny that, you know, this time next year on Game Face, we may be talking about, like, Xbox One, Two, or whatever the hell it's mm. called, compared to, like, a Steam machine. Like, well, I can get the same performance mm-hmm. over here for this amount of money, and what do I get in this one? Like, Well, it's going to be, a,
1: this time next year, we're going to be in a very weird place. We're going to have a new PlayStation that may or may not be replacing the playstation 4 and if pactor thinks it is yeah it seems like the most logical move uh we're going to have an upcoming or already here new xbox that is apparently a power leap but also an integration into the windows 10 infrastructure more than its own system itself we're going to have a new nintendo console like the whole the whole landscape's going to be the whole be fabric different. Is just going to be yeah. torn up like I'm happy about that. It's exciting. I mean yeah, it changes and it's happening very fast. Like you know? I like
0: this whole like two year console cycle thing. Like as long as I can keep my old one and it still plays mm-hmm. like the new games, granted it may be a lower resolution or frame rate, I'm totally okay with it. Like it's exciting, man. Like I don't know. Like, I mean, I know I mean a lot we're of watching a paradigm
1: shift, and we know we're watching it, which is what makes it interesting.
0: A lot of times, it catches you off guard. Yeah, you like, don't realize like, it to us too wait late. Wait a
1: minute! Everything's <laughs> online, and you're patching stuff on day one all the time, and everything I buy is pre-order DLC. When did that happen? Goddamn horse armor! You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like that happened like in a really weird gradual way. But this is just like here it is, like here's a bunch of press conferences in, at E3 where we're going to announce all this shit that like you're going to either, you, you can buy it to have the best experience, you don't have to buy it, you're still going to have a good experience, it's, it's a very different model, and it's, it's weird to me after all these, you know, after 30 years of, you know, how consoles have always worked, but it's like it, like it makes business sense, like you say.
0: Yeah, and so it's also, you know... Does it make consumer sense? I don't know. Uh, And, you know, there's there's one more angle of this I want to mention is that, like, do you think this was a part of Microsoft's plan ever? Or do you think that this is a knee-jerk reaction to all the rumors, and now pretty much confirmed rumors, about mm -hmm. Sony's improved hardware?
1: I think it's kind of a mix. I wouldn't be surprised if this was sort of the plan from the beginning, but I bet it's a little sooner than they thought yeah um and maybe coming off of a less uh you know a less successful transition to the xbox one and most importantly the xbox one kind of environment the os the the user experience where i think a lot of people still feel it's a fairly clunky way to use the system and i know they're going to probably try to you know meld that or converge it with how windows 10 functions you're you're going to expect you know the Windows experience, whatever that is, yeah. um, hopefully better experience than the Windows Phone, <laughs> which is over, which is now. gone, yeah. yeah, this week. Uh, and so, I feel like they could definitely be on a stronger footing here if they'd played their cards better, at, you know, going into this generation. But I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if this was always part of the plan to kind of move to this more, um, you know, Windows box model. Uh, Especially because it seems like their whole their original plan to move everything into this sort of walled-off garden of uh, digital purchases, without used games and without all that yeah. stuff. It definitely seems like this was uh, it seems like an adapted version of that strategy. Especially when you look at how Windows Ten sells you stuff.
0: Yeah. Here's so, what's really interesting too is just you know.
1: And I don't a know if they ago, I don't know if they predicted uh, the rise of VR.
0: Yeah, well, they definitely missed that in, boat. In the way in the way. Well, I mean, that they're has. working on an AR helmet that right. costs like a G. Like,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I think they definitely missed that boat. Yeah. They, they did not get the memo on that, that one. one.
1: That one broke a different direction than yeah, they were I was expecting,
0: I guess. I think it, it definitely did. So, I just find it interesting that not that long ago we were talking about how, like, the new head of Microsoft wasn't into Xbox and you know no matter what xbox one was probably going to be the last console and we've kind of seen that with them moving all their games to windows 10 and it just all seemed like everything was just heading in that direction Mm -hmm. microsoft getting out of hardware focusing on admittedly what it does great which is software but then this it's like they're they got Mm -hmm. pulled back in again like
1: i mean part of me is just sort of looks looks at this and is like who's that for i mean i know it's not for me is there someone else out there that wants to pay what is probably going to be a pretty high price for a very powerful system that has nothing you can't already play on a pc
0: i honestly i mean
1: i mean that's where the shuttle pc comparison comes in i know because that's pretty much the same market but hasn't that market proven to not be as large as they thought it was going to be yeah
0: i mean look the xbox market's shrinking like every day i mean sony announced today 40 million playstation 4 sold 40 million um last time I got an estimate for Xbox it was at like eighteen or nineteen million. I mean, it's just getting annihilated and mm-hmm. it's not picking up right now. I mean, the surest sign that a new Xbox is coming, at least the slim at, at E3, is that every retailer now is liquidating Xbox mm-hmm. One. Like literally, folks, if you've been waiting to get an Xbox, you should probably go buy one. There there's literally deals for like two fifty with seven games mm-hmm. and a year of Xbox Live. Like I think for that deal, if I didn't already own an Xbox One, I could tolerate seeing a more powerful one coming out or a skinnier one coming out mm-hmm. a little on down the road. Like But then you wonder it's like, well, would you rather tell that person to take that two hundred and fifty dollars and put it towards a PC?
1: Mm. Maybe. Because
0: I'm like I'm like you, like I don't have an insane like dual Titan rig like you have, <laughs> but like I have a good PC with a GTX 980 got in it. I'm just going to outperform an Xbox One. Oh yeah, by leaps and bounds. Yeah. And so even for me now, it's like I said, I took my Xbox One out of my entertainment center. I thought it was broken. It's never gone back in, and uh, I'll probably end up bringing it in here and just mm-hmm. having it in here to do like let's plays. Or... Like I
1: see a future where like my Xbox One is gonna be that that the way that i can always play jet force gemini if i want to (laughs) there you go like that's about as far as it goes i mean
0: look i do like the fact that like now because all these games are coming online and for backwards compatibility that like i have this huge library of xbox one games because i go back and boot up my 360 and literally the library on my 360 it takes probably five minutes to scroll through the whole Mm -hmm. library just all the free games you got plus You know, us being in the industry, getting free games, like, my library is insane. So it's good to see some of those just automatically, like, migrating over to my Xbox One. I like all that. But there's no reason you can't do that on a PC. Yep. So, I don't know. It seems to me like Microsoft is, in a lot of ways, positioning itself to get out of the console business. But then this comes up mm-hmm. with these, like, new, two new, like, the SLIM I get. Like, I could, even if I thought Microsoft was trying to get out of the hardware business, I could see the SLIM. Like, it's cheaper. They'll make, they'll turn more of a profit per
1: each unit sold. It's just, it's just, it makes it's part perfect of the, sense. It's part of the cycle as it's established. is established.
0: The one next year, to me, that's why I'm still not convinced yeah, that it's true. like, what are you doing? Why? Why would you do that? Like...
1: With but everything but then again, else that it's doing. But then again, I've asked that about Microsoft for four years yeah. now. So <laughs> it's all in in a in a way it makes perfect sense yeah. because it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, it's also been interesting to see you know the lack of loyalty um, for electronics, which I'm mm-hmm. I love. Like I like it, it's interesting that Microsoft did not manage to build. A larger base of, for lack of a better term, fanboys for Xbox. Mm. I mean, look at all of them; they all just jump ship like right away with yeah. the PlayStation, like no loyalty. Well, and obviously, it's... at least Nintendo, like it took Nintendo like five failed consoles in a row to get to where it's at. Like their fans mm. actually stuck around and were punished like time after time
1: after time. Well, because they couldn't get any, th- they couldn't get that Nintendo experience anywhere else. Right. Like you, if you want. Uh... Because that's the thing, like the, the main thing that Microsoft has loyalty to is Halo. Yeah, and, that's and Halo's
0: not... kind of yesterday's news. Yeah,
1: and also yeah, you know, I see a lot of people that are big Halo fans, but they're not Microsoft fans.
0: I'll tell you this much, I have enjoyed Doom a hell of a lot more than I liked Halo 5.
1: I've enjoyed Doom more than any Halo I've played since ODST. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean
0: that might be a safe bet as well, definitely, yeah, way more. Like yeah. more
1: than 4, I liked it more than Reach, I liked it more than 3.
0: No, no way not 3.
1: Halo Three is
0: freaking amazing, man.
1: I don't. I was not a tremendous Halo Really?
0: Like, <laughs> it, oh, I love that. As game. soon as
1: As soon as those games bog down in the flood shit, like I'm out. Uh, like I don't. Care I love about Halo Three. Stuff. I think it's
0: the best in the series. But, uh, but yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, man. Like E3. Like, will they even announce this box for next year at E3? Probably not.
1: That's a little far out for Microsoft. Like for Microsoft, anybody! Microsoft tends to stick to this year's releases. For I mean, only if unless it, they run shit that then gets delayed for three fucking years. Where the hell is scale bound?
0: No. I mean, if look, if it's an it, it's an iterative box, right? You don't announce it till next E three. If it's like a if it's the Xbox Two, then sure, you mention it at this year's mm-hmm. E three because if, if it's, if it's going to come out next year. But
1: But if, if, it's, but if the Xbox One point oh, or whatever they're
0: gonna <laughs> i like i like the graphic xbox what, if the, what if it's one two
1: what if it's the xbox <laughs> 10 for windows 10
0: that could be
1: what if what if microsoft just doesn't care about numbers anymore Well,
0: windows skipped like windows nine it was, it was
1: xbox xbox 360 xbox one xbox 10 like it's great it means nothing numbers mean nothing <laughs> You're right, it it's, really some, it's like some kind of like personal fibonacci sequence or yeah. something. <laughs>
0: It's going to be called, like, Xbox Square Root or something.
1: (laughs) Xbox imaginary number. Yeah. The Xbox I.
0: So not long to wait. Only a few more weeks till E3. Finally got my media registration from E3 yesterday. Pretty stoked about that. Uh, Always when I get that confirmation from E3, that's when it becomes real. Mm. And I get that. It's so funny. Like, I got that email popped into my inbox, and I felt like this heat wave go over me. Hmm. It's like, I don't know if it was panic or excitement or, like, a mixture of both of them, but, like... Literally, I saw it, and I just, like, got a hot flash. I was like, like, (laughs) E3's coming. Here it comes. Like, I need to start, like, moving towards E3, start setting up everything for the show. Like, we're doing a bunch of promotion at the show or for marketing and stuff like that. Now, that was, like, the big alarm bell for me. Like, oh, my God, I got to get the street team ready and all all the flyers and leaflets and all that crap as well. So yeah we'll have to wait a few more weeks to see what the real story is i mean Mm -hmm. they seem pretty confident in their sources i mean both kotaku and polygon were it wasn't like rumor it was like this is happening so and i definitely trust kotaku on stuff like this and polygon has a pretty good reputation with it so it sure seems like it's happening but we shall see all right let's move on to the next topic of the big six all right, so we're not going to talk a ton about mm. Ghost Recon Wildlands because we don't really know a lot.
1: Well, we do know a lot after today. Did you watch today's trailer? I did, but like I also don't trust them. So <laughs> why do you not trust them? Well, because like it looks really cool. You know, it's is kind of, they're hinting at a very open world kind of like almost Metal Gear Solid V style Ghost Recon game here. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's Ubisoft. it's Ubisoft. I'll believe it when it's in my hand, and I'm not collecting phones. You know, like like it's. You know, who knows where the boundaries on these worlds really are. I mean, they, they tried to sell The Division as something similar to this, and that wasn't... I mean, I like The Division a lot, but it's not really the same thing they were selling in that regard. I
0: don't know. I do kind of... I mean, other than, like, the fake voiceover that they put over, like, the initial debut and some of those little subterf- mm-hmm. subterfuge there, but I do kind of feel like The Division ended up being what they really told us it was going to be. Like, we didn't know it some was, one, like, like the an problem... MMORPG, but we knew it was, like, an
1: online cooperative... Third-person shooter. Sorry, of, but I believe I, I, well, in you. Were surprised that it had the MMO aspect yeah, to it. I was, yeah. Um, and this, like, you know, this trailer conjures up a lot of images in my head that I don't know are aligned with what the game is actually going to be. Yeah. So I mean, look, it Watch looks really Dogs, cool. Watch Dogs is
0: probably the more egregious example to bring right. up of saying one thing and then delivering. I mean, it another. I don't
1: think they're lying when they do these things. I think they just—they're. This is what their idea is. What they're trying to do. And what ends up being possible or being, you know, feasible in the time frame tends to be a little less than what they think. Yeah. And so, I mean, I I understand that, but it has had the effect of me kind of tempering my enthusiasm for Ubisoft stuff until I really get it in my hands.
0: Here's one thing I would say in this game's defense, though, is it it isn't doing anything, like, crazy innovative. Like, with Watch
1: Dogs, when they first showed it, I
0: was like, oh my god, like... This game is unlike anything I've
1: ever seen before. Yeah, this, but, this does look entirely uh, plausible. Yes. Um, I mean,
0: I have not seen anything in any of the trailers or the previews or anything for this game that makes me believe, like, they can't do that. Right. Like, I saw Watch Dogs for the first time, it's and I was not, like, I don't it's know not about that.
1: To me, it's not about can't. It's about will. Yeah. Will they do it? Will they deliver on what they're showing here? I mean, Probably, I, but, you know, I need to see a little more.
0: I mean, I honestly, with the way the industry is going... And looking at sales of games and the type of games that are doing really well these days, I honestly think this game could end up being like one of the top five sellers of 2016. It is the yeah. it is the wheelhouse for sales right now. That's true. Online shooter, Look at those MMO, flamingos. drive anywhere you want, do whatever you want, open world. Take missions as you want. If you don't want a mission, don't take it. Like that is where games, at least sales for video games, are all accumulating right now. Mm. And I feel like this game could be like, you know, obviously you have Call of Duty. It's going to sell really well. Um, who knows what exclusives? We'll have for PlayStation Four and Q Four? That's still kind of up in the air. Hopefully... Battlefield
1: One is probably going to sell pretty well. Yeah,
0: it'll sell well. Um, but this, you know, of Q Four, this to me, this game has a great chance of being mm. probably the third best-selling game. If they put it, you know, they might pull another Ubisoft and put it out like the day before Christmas or whatever in December, which yeah. would obviously hurt it. At um, the same
1: time, Ubisoft also seems to be pretty good about leveraging these, you know, major military shooter really You know, nobody thought The Division was going to sell what it did, but it yeah. sure it sure did. They know
0: how to market these games. They know who to market to, yeah. when to market it. And how much money to spend on it? They are really, really good at it. And look, this game looks awesome, man! Like
1: what we've seen of it so far. Like that's a great shot with like these big open vistas and areas where it looks like you can go wherever you want or wherever you need to. Like there's there's some real potential here. I just you know I'm not. I'm not, like, jumping on the hype train quite yet, though. It looks like
0: Just Cause without the camp. Yeah. And and I can, you know, based upon Ubisoft track record with, with not putting out games unless they're really finished. There's a couple games. The crew wasn't right where it needed to be whenever it was released. But generally, Ubisoft, when it puts a game out, it's ready for prime time. I uh, I could just see this game doing absolute gangbusters. <laughs> and and God help
1: you if they patch it later.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the trailer that they put out today just solidified that it looks gorgeous. We had not seen anything from this game not since like E3 of last year. It has been on like blackout yeah. ever since. And
1: interesting that they release it now because that says to me that they're going to blow this thing out at E3.
0: Oh, they would definitely will. i other than Watch Dogs 2, this will probably be like the
1: like this is your Assassin's Creed replacement, right? Basically,
0: yeah. And, well, Watch Dogs 2 is actually the Assassin's Creed replacement. Yeah, but
1: I don't care about Watch Dogs so. <laughs>
0: But it, my guess is this is the second-to-last game shown at Ubisoft's mm-hmm. presser, with Watch Dogs 2 being the last game shown at Ubisoft's presser. Those two games preceded directly by For Honor, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. which I'm also which really, that's, that's the one excited. I'm really excited about. Like, yeah. look, that game might also end-
1: Also, can, can that guy who... Who was like the the director yeah, of that? Yeah. Can he present the whole conference? The whole thing, like because like, like he's great.
0: He can be the new Mister Caffeine. Like he oh. was.
1: <laughs> oh. Pack just brought him up this yeah, week. Yeah, I and saw that.
0: I was like, I had completely forgotten about that guy.
1: No, I never forget. I'll never forget that. I had forgotten
0: about him until he mentioned. Obviously, I that's, remember him. That's. Once a, he... that's... I think it was one of those things, like the Wii Music like presentation at Oh, I mean
1: the Wii Music or like the you know 2006 uh, Sony press conference yeah. with with all you know Ridge Racer and all that shit. Yeah. I mean I'll never forget that. Like 2006 Sony press conference, probably the the the, the standout for me is like the worst. I mean, it's not even. It wasn't even that bad. It was just like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it's, it's like it's all wrong. But like, Mr. Caffeine was the most embarrassing, I think.
0: Well, he also mentioned the Jamie uh, Kennedy thing right.
1: was also pretty bad. And
0: so I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to track down footage of the Jamie Kennedy thing, and you know, have that for B-roll for for pack. And uh, I realized that. The only people who were at that press conference with cameras was game trailers. That's Hmm. it. The only footage that exists of that god-awful press conference we shot. And I remember the day Ryan Stevens called me and he was like, Hey, there's no cameras at the Activision press conference. And I was like, what? I'm like, no. I'm like, you go in there. And he's like... And they just told me we're not allowed to take cameras in. I'm like, you take those cameras in, and like, we used to be like gorilla back then. Like, we literally called our camera crews the Gorilla Crews. And I was like, you go in there and you put that camera up somehow, some way, and you shoot that press conference. And he did. He told me he went in there and like, they told him to take down the camera, and then he just argued with them, and they're like, we'll just set it up in the back. And so <laughs> he did. He set it up in the back, and we, have, we had the only footage of that press conference, and it is, watch it. It is. Is it still up? It's on YouTube, yeah. All right. In like 240p. Wow. Like I don't Save know. Save that one, IGN. Yeah, like I don't know if like they can find that on GT's old servers or not because we shot it in like 720. But all you can find online is is 240. And, and so. A little
1: capture of it, basically. And yeah. so I was
0: like, I didn't use it in the show because pack is 1080. So, yeah, it was interesting to see that we
1: were like the only ones who ever mm. got that footage of that. We. There preserved was, it for prosperity. There's always that that one little. There's always those weird little conferences that like the mainstream doesn't get. To, like that that uh, Koei one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, one, with one million troops, I remember, I didn't go to that, I but was, like I we had a couple I people that there. Did go And I remember going to some party the same that night. That was Konami. Not was Konami? Yeah. Was, and like and they come back and like they're like. And people like came in like with these like looks on their faces, and I'm like, what the? where you? Where were you? And they're like, oh, we're at this press conference this is the craziest thing I've ever. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was so weird. <laughs> I was there, and
0: I was just like, what is going on right now? Like, it was really hot in there too. Yeah. And so I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, is it like the heat? Is it just me who thinks this is completely like batshit insane? <laughs> and as soon as I walked out, like my BlackBerry, because that was when Blackberries were like the thing literally had like 50 it was because it was live streamed mm. and like 50 emails right oh my god what is going on <laughs> down there did somebody like fill the room with like poison gas or something <laughs> like, yeah e3 memories man they're great you yeah.
1: but uh you'll hear plenty of them in about two and a half weeks yeah
0: for sure so uh i don't know man i think the trailer that i saw today and again go watch it it's on sifted right now should be near the top of your sift we rated it pretty high um I think this game has the potential to be another huge seller for Ubisoft. I think it could be like the Doom of later in the year, a game that kind of sneaks up on everybody, Mm -hmm. catches them off guard, and people end up buying it. Um, Again, with Ubi's pedigree, particularly with games like this, um, and their ability to market it, I just, I think it's got a really good, and it looks great. It looks like an awesome game. Like,
1: I'm really excited to play it. I need to see a little more detail in the gameplay i mean it looks i like the trailer it looked good i mean i hope it
0: doesn't turn into another metal gear solid 5 i Mm -hmm. enjoyed that game but it ultimately had a lot of faults so we'll see but uh, i just thought it was worth discussing to get it on everyone's radar on sifted if you haven't been paying attention to it because like i said it has been mia now for an entire year so hopefully we'll get more media we should definitely get more in a couple weeks here yeah with e3 hopefully we'll get a nice long gameplay demo uh, an onstage walkthrough or whatever on uh, their E3 stage. So, mm-hmm. let's move on to the next topic. Matt, have you been playing Teenage Mutant Ninja
1: Turtles? I am not. I am surprised to hear that. Really? Yeah, because aren't are you a big Turtles guy? Yeah, I like them. Yeah? I'm not a huge, like, modern Turtles guy. Yeah. I mean, they're not... That's that not the Turtles I grew up with. Look, <laughs> you're I am right. Look, I am super old school because I accidentally... It was basically accidentally ended up with the first couple of original Ninja Turtles comics when they came out because I, I like comics and so my cousin would buy them for me and, like, sometimes he'd pick up stuff he thought I'd like and I guess the Ninja Ninja Turtles were a thing and I, they were, they, were, they are, those first, like, the Mirage issues, hyper-violent, like, Frank Miller-style, yeah. like, shredder dies in the yeah, first what issue happened to that? it's like, like
0: that was like what I thought the turtles were and they've turned into this like homogenized like kids Well, the eighties
1: cartoon happened like they they you know they they syndicated kiddified it for eighties cartoon stuff and turned them all into these. You know, cartoons. Pizza eating. Major, major, yeah, all that stuff comes from the from the cartoon, and then the movie was a big hit in 1990, yeah. and that solid basically I can't solidified. Wait, was 1990. Yeah, solidified. 26 years <laughs> That's ago, crazy, over man. a quarter century. Wow. 30 years of Turtle. 30 plus years of turtles, man. Yeah. And so, to me, the Ninja Turtles are those original comics with the, the hyper-violent stuff, going to the other dimension, fighting the Triceraton aliens. Yeah. Fugitoid, all that stuff is like that's what the turtles are to me, and so everything else is sort of sort of like oh yeah, that's cool. I mean the and the original movie, the 1990 movie, takes a lot of its plot from the original comics. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in uh, the Nickelodeon uh, show that's running right now that like they take a lot of references, a lot of stuff from those originals. They did a a fantastic adaptation of the comic, the old comic where. Leonardo fights his way through an entire Foot Clan assault in the middle of Christmas and stuff, so like there's a lot of good stuff There's a lot of history to it. Got a question from the chat us. From... I don't care about your new Platinum game Because it looks like every other like B-list Platinum game they make and I just haven't jumped on it
0: Got a question here in the chat for you um, It says was that a Dark Horse comic?
1: No, it was Mirage.
0: Mirage, okay. That
1: was That was Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird's original ninja turtle comics were by their own studio called mirage studios
0: that question was from snub b B. so you just don't care about the new or latest incarnation of i
1: like the nickelodeon series but i didn't feel the need to play the video game really especially because like you know, it it kind of looks more like a like a Legend of Korra kind of thing, like Platinum is sort of like license B list sort of team. And like I know people pl- praised Transformers: Devastation, but I thought that was pretty mediocre, except for the presentation. Yeah. Um, like it was like there were like three environments the whole game. That
0: game was completely over Yeah, I...
1: absolutely. And like people yeah. still praise it to, to all hell, and I'm just like, I don't. I, as someone who owns over a thousand Transformers himself. Yeah. I don't get it. See, like, well, here's it, what was it was pleasant, but like there was nothing
0: there. It was Gen One. Man. People had waited for Gen One. That anything Gen One that wasn't terrible for a really mm. long time, and it's not terrible. Like it's, not it, terrible. it's a fun game to play while it lasts, but but it's just sort of fine, vapid, I guess. Is, yeah. in my opinion, and I know play. you're
1: not allowed to say that about Platinum because Oh My God, the combat's so deep. But I was like, I don't. I've been playing beat, beat em ups my whole life, and there's not really a whole lot there. I mean, there's some cool stuff you can pull off. But, I'm not, I, but it really seems to um, expect me to play the game over and over and over and over, and, over and I'm just like, I'm, I just don't do that.
0: At. Yeah, particularly when you have a story that's as dumb as that one. And <laughs> so, t- I, have, I have been playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have, I'm not doing the game eval for it. We have somebody else working on it. Probably, that might even be my inbox now. But I've played, I guess, about six hours of this game, and it is awful. Awful, terrible. It, here's the thing. I didn't even realize that there was like... I knew there was a movie coming out. But I didn't realize it was coming out at the same time as the game. I mm-hmm. had no idea. Like, I seriously thought that yeah. this game project for Platinum was completely separate from the movie, autonomous, release when it's ready, release when it's
1: done. I oh, no. They're I did clearly not, synergized with the movie coming out next I week. did
0: not think it was a marketing tool for the movie, and that is exactly what it is. It is a tool... I, I have not seen... A game like this in a long time, Matt.
1: Amazing Spider Man 2 is probably the last one I remember.
0: And that was three years ago? Four years ago?
1: 2012? Four years ago. 2013. I don't remember when that was. These went games down. used I to movie, come out. Maybe it was 2014. Like five per year. Oh, yeah.
0: And look, publishers have figured out this is the. And look.
1: Or uh, uh, Transformers 5. Transformers 4 had one. Rise of the Dark Spark was released forcibly to coincide with that one because it, it had the War for Cybertron levels, oh, but right. it also had the right. Age of Extinction levels. Yep. So they still exist, but usually they're Activision. That was also Activision. You, they're usually Activision <laughs> fulfilling a contract.
0: So. And this is a total one of those shovelware god-awful games mm. made just for the movie. I, it, I was excited for this. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I, like we talked about Transformers already. Transformers was fun to play while it lasted. Yeah. And if they had just made this as good as Transformers, I'd have been fine with it. Mm-hmm. But it is nowhere near as good as Transformers. It. I've only played the game six hours, and I've already had to repeat, like, sections of the game already. Like, they... Mm-hmm. I haven't got far enough to know, but I read one review that said that uh, you, all the bosses in the game, you get to the end of the game, you have to fight them all again. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is also kind of a, 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 a B-tier Platinum tradition as well, I mean, it, it, there's a gulf between Bayonetta and like the stuff they do for money, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's very clear to me uh, for the most part.
0: Is this knocking some of the luster off of Platinum?
1: I don't have a lot of luster on Platinum to begin with. I like their stuff, but I don't think they're like these gods that a lot of people seem to think they are. Um, I just think they make fun games for the most part, and every once in a while they make a license thing I know to stay away from.
0: Uh, but I think it goes beyond fun games. Like one thing I love about Platinum is that they look—they make great-looking games with lots of with great presentation and production values, and plenty of over-the-top moments and set-piece moments. But to me what I love about Platinum is they their number one concentration usually is gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like their games typically have like I said earlier like they're like onions like they have layers of depth to them and you don't necessarily have to learn how to peel that onion completely all the way down to its core to enjoy the game. Like you can play the first level of it, and still have a good time, and then, if you really enjoy it, go back, jack up the difficulty, and then peel that second layer, and get to that other layer of gameplay that they have, but I don't know, man. It seems to me like they're spreading themselves way too thin, and there to me, it has knocked the shine off of Platinum for me. Like, I'm now to the point with Platinum where I'm like, okay, you need to start telling us, like, which team inside Platinum is making the game, because mm-hmm. they don't do that. Like, is Although just, it,
1: it can be kind of obvious. At times. I mean, this this seems obvious to me just watching videos that it was... I mean, it, looks, it, it has a lot in common with Legend of Korra.
0: It looks to me like it was made by the same team that made Transformers. We know that's not the case because mm. there's no way they could have built another game in that amount of time. But just looking at trailers and all the marketing for it so far, it looked like it was just... Of re reskinned Transformers game. And if see, that it looks were to case, me like a
1: reskinned Legend of Korra.
0: Okay. I've never played Legend of Korra, so I. It's
1: very similar to this. I mean, just in terms of the size of the levels, the way the combat seems to work. I haven't played this game, but like, it's. Like, it, 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 the, the, the fingerprints are there. You know, I can see why you would say that about Transformers, but the, what Transformers St. Mark's style and. Transformers is up. a much. Uh, I and mean, this is weird to say about Transformers Devastation, but it is a larger scoped game. Whereas this isn't this, this this feels like and Legend of Korra feel like something that would have been on Xbox One Xbox Live Arcade you know whereas Transformers Devastation did feel like a a retail game more I would say um, but to me it was pretty obvious that this was not their A team
0: I feel like they need to start like designating who's building the game. it would
1: be nice to to know like who who what which Platinum is at work
0: because there are different
1: shades of platinum these are, these are not the people, <laughs> this is not the people that made revengeance no you know? like definitely it's, not it's so or at least it's not the people who had the same amount of time to make revenge yeah. I mean, some of this is like clearly they were under a deadline this this game even though it's not based on the movie it had to come out alongside the movie right that was clearly the, the intention so you had a hard date you had a hard delivery whether it was good or not you know, maybe if they had another six months to polish it would be really good. Yeah. But we'll never know. So
0: Yep. Well I don't want to spend a ton of time on bad games. That yeah. is kind of one of my mantras with game phase. It's like yeah. once you establish how bad a game is, let's move yeah, on. Consider because-
1: yourself warned and yeah,
0: don't buy it. I don't yeah. care how big of a Ninja Turtle fan you are or
1: platinum fan. Or
0: well oh, definitely not platinum fans. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're this is like a shade of platinum at, at best. So it's silver. Yeah. Really. It's just... <laughs> maybe even nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Do not buy this game. Like, I maybe if you're a hardcore like Ninja Turtles fan, you could find it like on eBay for $10, which you might be able to right now. Maybe then I would say buy it, but otherwise stay completely away from it. It's a total piece of junk. Shovelware made for... It's a marketing Mm cash-in. Stay away. And I haven't said marketing cash-in in in a long time.
1: watch the Nickelodeon show instead. It's way better.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about a topic I don't know if a lot of people are going to care that much about, but I think the reason I want to talk about it is because personally, I don't care about esports a lot, and I feel like I'm missing something about it. Mm -hmm. And so eSports has been going through some growing pains lately. It all started as just like this fun like community thing before all the rich people got their hands in it and all these big publishers started getting into it. And Turner Broadcasting signed a huge contract to broadcast it on TV. And Mm -hmm. Shaquille O'Neal became this both person. And on and on and on and on. And athletes started buying eSports teams. Way before that, it just started as like, A community thing like it was a communal it was like a village of people that all loved this one thing and it was a huge village but it was a village it was like I feel like esports as it's getting exposed to mainstream media and a mass audience the cracks in the facade are starting to show so to speak Mm -hmm. Um, I think the beginning of that was, like, when they started making it legal to gamble on esports, and you started seeing all these esports, quote-unquote, athletes point shaving and throwing matches. That was, like, the first red flag. Uh, The second red flag, they start this governing body for esports, like, a couple weeks ago or whatever, and all the esports teams are starting to bail on the governing body because the governing body was asked some tough questions and they had no real answers for it. And so then after that it was, okay, this porn website is sponsoring esports teams and the esports leagues don't like that. This part of it to me shows maybe it is growing up a little bit. So. Matt, as somebody who's not a particular fan of eSports, unless you're talking about Evo or a mm-hmm. fighting game tournament, what is it about it? That's a whole it...
1: other argument.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: what... <laughs> what is it about it that keeps it from resonating with you? Um, I don't generally care about the games they play. Uh, I don't play the games they play, so I don't understand what I'm looking at. Like, I, don't... Like, I watch a League of Legends tournament and everyone like, freaks out about something. I have no idea what I just saw.
0: And uh, and on that note,
1: which is like different to it's me, it's the from... job
0: of like the broadcasters, or as they are called in esports, shoutcasters, <laughs> they're broadcasters, to explain that to you. That's their
1: job. Yeah, well, they're not very good at that. Uh, That's a big problem. Yeah, like I don't know what I'm looking at. I, yeah. I, I really don't, and I'm very good at. i I've, I've watched a lot of video game footage in my yeah. life and I don't understand why everybody cheered for that. I, mean, I was the same way in StarCraft. I don't understand the, how StarCraft competitive play works either, and I would watch things, and I'm just like, and everyone's like, oh my god, I can't, oh, look at that, what a move, what a, I'm like, what did he do? What happened? Like, what, yeah. happened? <laughs> what did he do? I mean, at least with a fighting game, I mean, yeah, I'm more experienced with fighting games personally, so I understand what I'm looking at anyway, but like, I have friends who don't play fighting games that watch Evo with me. Everybody comes and watches Evo, because it's Two fighters and two life bars and a timer and a one screen and you know what's happening and everyone understands what a fight it. is. Everyone can get it. And yep. the other thing, of course, is like in in eSports, I think That's one as a, as a video producer, a TV producer, I still don't feel like anyone's fully figured out how to present it on television because everybody has a different perspective. Like you don't have, you can't just show the field, you know? Yeah. Like you can't just, sh- like a real sport, sorry, uh, Real sports offensive, right? Yeah, that is a, I guess so that's offensive, what, yeah. What's like what do we call like like activity <laughs> Athletic sports? I don't I don't know what to <laughs> call it. I don't know like football. Like like you know, football or soccer, whichever whichever football you prefer. Like you can just point a camera at the field and the people and the guys happens, play yeah. and that's you 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 can see the game. Yeah. Whereas like in a in a League of Legends games there's there's ten POVs. Well
0: there's two play fields, right? right. There's reality, which is the people who are participating in the competition right. Then there's the virtual play field Mm -hmm. where the actual action is taking place. And there
1: were problems, like, I had same problem with something like Halo. Or, like, which perspective do you use? How do you do live? I mean, you could probably do a pretty good after-the-fact kind of highlight reel or something. But how do you do that live when you don't know where the most important event of the moment is going to happen? Like, I... Like, I don't know how you do it. You know, the, I don't think eSports has had its, uh, what you would call, uh, the poker lipstick cam moment. Yeah, we are we're back when someone figured out that's how you present card games on television, is you have the lipstick cam so the players can show the audience what they have, but, like, they don't show anyone else what they have. And, like, I don't think that's... Or, or like... Um, uh, uh, I don't remember what site did it, but there was some site that it figured out like, oh, the perfect way to present like recipe stuff online is to do that top-down camera where you see the people preparing the food. Right. Like from that top, part. like that's the same kind. Of you, you, there's there hasn't been the breakthrough presentational, like epiphany, for esports that will make that accessible to people that don't know the game like the back of their hand.
0: Do you think it's the camera angle, or do you think, though, it's presenters? I'm using the camera the angle. Presenters.
1: I, it's part it's it. I'm using but... it as, an, as just sort of an example. Like, I don't know if the, if the epiphany in question for esports or League of Legends is specifically a camera angle trick, but there's something that's not clicking about that that doesn't allow people unfamiliar with the game, with playing the game, to get in on it. Like I don't, you know, I know the rules of League of Legends. I know how MOBAs work. I know some of the characters and how they function. I know basic strategies. I know how you win. I know how you lose. But like, I can't watch one of these games and understand the intricacies of the high-level play. It just doesn't make any visual sense to me. And the, the commentators generally don't help much. Um, they so... don't,
0: in my opinion, they don't help at all. No. And look, I am a League of Legends player, and I hardly ever watch any of their competitions, because I don't understand what the hell's going on. In all honesty, like, I feel like they they go out of their way to try to make it elite. And they use jargon that even me, as a League of Legends player, I don't understand a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, the, you just took out Baron. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, you went into the jungle and you took out Baron. Everybody knows what that is, but then they come up with this crazy, like, crazy phraseology. To I don't, it's like, I almost feel like they don't want all those other people in Hmm. like i feel like it's like exclusionary exclusatory exclusionary Exclusionary. and like by design like i don't feel like they want Mm
1: -hmm. or if not by design they don't care
0: yeah i mean look there's there's a point that can be made that they don't need television. And they
1: don't need casual people to like it. It's plenty successful all on its own, but... Yeah, I definitely get the argument that, like, why make them dumb it down uh, if it's already working?
0: Because when
1: you start talking about all the people that are coming into it, and look, like
0: I said earlier, I don't think it's good that a lot of these people who aren't a part of the industry are coming into esports, but when these people who aren't a part of gaming in general come in and start putting in boatloads of money, the expectations change for them. And so they're the people supporting this. You know, Turner Broadcast, I think the deal's half a billion dollars or whatever. Like, ESPN just trying to give Riot half a billion dollars to run League of Legends on ESPN. Like, when you start talking about that kind of money, the expectation changes. And Mm -hmm. ESPN is going to say, look, man, like, I don't know if you've seen or not, but ESPN has started running esports content on Mm -hmm. ESPN.com. Like, on... The front page of ESPN.com every against once in a while against the
1: protests of that one dude. It is. I don't remember like whoever that that broadcaster was, but he was just like, if they, if that becomes a Colin thing, Colin Cowherd. I'm, yeah, if that becomes a thing, I quit. He They're quit. Saying, and he left. did.
0: Yeah, he now works for Fox. Wow. Yeah.
1: All right, money where the <laughs> mouth is. Well done.
0: And uh, so every once in a while, like. There will be an. E- they have like their own page for esports on ESPN, but every once in a while, a story will actually make it to the home page. And I'm assuming they're just trusting the people who are writing these that this is a big deal. The way those articles are written, it is like they're written in another language. And the best part is reading the comments, like the guy who showed up to check the score of the Penguins Lightning game, or showed up to check the score of like the Warriors and Thunder game, like. They stumble across these stories and the comments are just comedy gold. Like, even if you never visit ESPN.com, I highly recommend going and try and look at their esports page and just try to find the articles that actually have a couple comments because they're hilarious. Watching, and even me, like, I love regular sports and I love esports and I love games. These articles to me are just like, like (laughs) full of like acronyms and like even just words i don't even know what they are and so espn which is obviously the worldwide leader in sports they've taken the tact of kind of like what you just said like we're not going to dumb it down for these people like we're going to give them like what's real and i look i can appreciate that and understand that aesthetic as far as content is concerned But if you're hoping to make that page a success and make esports a success on ESPN and go beyond the pathetic ratings in all honesty that ESPN got for the Heroes of the Storm college tournaments that they've run because they have got awful ratings... If you want to go past that, like you, you need to start thinking about other. And it's not even just other people. It's just like anyone who doesn't watch esports mm-hmm. every day. Like, and
1: it can even be like you say, like it, you know, just because you play it and you're into it and you're pretty good at it, doesn't mean you can. It doesn't mean that stuff's not impenetrable to you too. Like, I mean, I run. It, I thought it was very interesting that um, yeah, I've been playing fighting games for what 25 years now. Yeah. And uh, this guy, uh, one of the one of the pro players, uh, was a friend of mine, Gutex. Uh, r- started writing these really rudimentary, like how to play fighting games, like books, and he puts them on Amazon. You can buy them for like a buck or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I bought, I bought some because I'm, I, you know, to support him basically. And I, um, and I read, I read them, and like they were very rudimentary, but they go into very detailed, like fundamentals about why you do certain things in fighting games and why the technical aspects of a fighting game work this way, and that's why you want to do things like this and like this. And there's like. There were some things in there that I do automatically after just years and years of know, of learning how to play those games just on instinct that I never knew why I did them. And reading what <laughs> how he explained, I'm like, yeah, that's why you do totally. And I could yeah. never have told you why you do that yeah. before I read what he wrote about. Here's why you want to do this. It was just something I learned to do, and it didn't really. I never really analyzed it. Yeah. It was like trying. It was, it's like trying to explain to someone how to throw a fireball. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. Like. What? You just do you a just fireball. Do yeah. And I, you know, down to the... Well, no, but what's the timing? I'm like, it's that. Yeah, you just you know, do it. Like, like, you yeah. just do it. And, I, and, like, reading that was fascinating because I'm like, I could never have explained that to someone who didn't know how to play. And, but he did. I mean, Gutex did it. He was very good at that. But I, I, it, to me, I was like, I'm really glad I read that because now maybe I can explain that. And so I wonder if there's a little bit of that impenetrability where, like, you play this game so hard, you play this game so high level, you play this game so well, sometimes it's hard to communicate to someone that has no idea what the hell you're talking about like, exactly what you're doing and why. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if that needs to be part of a regular broadcast, but, like, I think you definitely need to educate someone. I'm not, say, I'm not saying, you, 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 you know, we need the glowing blue puck of eSports, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because that was terrible. It was, yeah. But, you know.
0: But with hockey, what you've seen is they've come to the middle. And mm-hmm. so, for the first period of a game, like, you'll hear the announcer explain offsides. Like Mm -hmm. they'll be like the puck has to be the first thing into the offensive zone, and they'll mention it very clearly and plainly, so someone who's not a huge hockey fan can get it. Or icing, they'll Mm -hmm. explain icing. This is so you can't just stand next to the goal and knock the puck in all game. Like they do a good job of explaining like the more confusing parts of it, and you know they don't use a lot of like look. There's there's a whole language for hockey and football and basketball that the people who actually play it mm-hmm. use. There's all these little catchphrases and things that, you know, it's like speaking another language. People, but also
1: a lot of that language they don't goes use back it. decades and decades and right, decades. Right. But the broadcasters
0: don't use right. it. They use layman terms that people who actually watch things on television can understand. And I think that's the place where these shoutcasters have to get to. They need to pull it back and not worry so much about... If the people watching it think that they're elite and they know what they're talking about, they need to be more palatable to their audience. It's like I always said. The first thing you do when you create content is what it... The first thing you think is, what is your audience? That's it. That Mm. you cater to your audience. And your audience on television is different from the audience that you get from people who are watching a stream
1: on Twitch. And also, you know, I think it's also important to kind of look at sort of the setup of a broadcast booth of a major athletic event. Like... You yes, you usually have someone who played the game professionally and is there as like a, either the a color, color commentator yeah. or some kind of an analyst. But like the lead broadcaster is usually someone who is a trained broadcaster right. who have, who knows about the sport, right. but also is an outsider enough that they know how to translate that into what a layman would need to know. And, also, and I think a lot of the shoutcasters come from inside the oh, hobby, they do, definitely. and so and like the idea of letting someone who is more of a presenter. Then you know, I I don't think that, that that's an alien idea in right. a lot of these. And you know, who, some of that might be my fault because I was there when Sessler tried to to, uh, MC the uh, Evo finals oh, uh, that year, and uh, that didn't work out so well. No, um, we could have told
0: I could have told you that wasn't going to work out too well. well
1: that's a, that a long story. Yeah. But, um, uh, so, so I, I can see why, you know, that's a good example of, like, oh, we well, need someone to come in and sort of help like, make this a more broadcast-centric sort of thing. It's like, well, all you need to do is play that clip, and, be, and, and people are like, that's why we don't want to do that. I'm just like, well, <laughs> point taken. But, like, it's not all going to be like that. You know, you, well, there's, a talking, way, there's a way to come at it's it. It's a
0: different medium, though. Television, yeah. Twitch, they're, like, night and day. Right. They're two different mediums. They're two different audiences as well. And I also feel like that maybe some of the announcers, broadcasters, shoutcasters, whatever you want to call them, They are immediately held to the fire by (laughs) chat. Yeah. Like, they have that feedback that's just streaming right Mm -hmm. next to their face. And I feel like that probably, you know, if they try to go too casual, Twitch chat. I mean, our Twitch chat's awesome,
1: but most Twitch chat's not. I've seen some arguments that, like, basically you should be able to choose whether there's chat on your stream or not and that esports might benefit from not having chat it might uh on some like major events and I stuff i mean there's a lot of stuff that'd be better without and, a chat well yeah <laughs> but like i can see why you'd i mean like i there was some kind of comparison where it was like on some recent major stream, like something like one third of the chat lines were all devoted to a particular racist meme. Right. You know, and it's just like what what does that gain you? Yeah. Having that there.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about porn sponsoring <laughs> esports. Let's shift gears here quickly. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that they should squeeze out the porn industry? They're okay with liquor companies, tobacco companies
1: mm-hmm. sponsoring? I don't care. Like I think I mean everybody looks at porn. I mean so that's like, God bless
0: America, isn't right. it? Right. You know, but, violence, sex, yeah. drugs and rock and roll.
1: Yeah. We don't want any porn in this game about killing people over and over again, you know. <laughs> and it's, it, 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 i I mean, who cares? I mean I know who cares. There's tons of it's where Puritan country it comes up. I'm like I, I don't find porn any more more or less offensive than like alcohol and and all that stuff. It's like I think it should be fine but you're never he's never going to happen because here's the rub you've got uh-huh. you got, stand, <laughs> uh, got standards and practices and and you know. the
0: rub is that most of the people who watch esports are kids like young like tweens mm-hmm. early teens and so look, they know
1: what porn is
0: they do but look you sponsor something to try to increase the momentum of your business and so if they're marketing towards these tweens, who probably are looking at porn anyway. Yeah. But that's... I mean, I know you can't talk about it, but it's There's like, a reason they don't make
1: candy cigarettes anymore. Or maybe they do, but... Yeah, but it, cigarettes kill you. Right. Sex doesn't kill... Well, not if you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the 80s, it would kill you. Not if
0: you're doing it right. Now you just have to take, like, 80 pills a day to not die from it. But it's... Uh, it's I don't think there's any easy i can see points on both sides
1: yeah i mean there's there's kind of an argument to be made it's like hey maybe we could finally break this weird stigma we have about you know sexuality versus violence by kind of combining the two things and, <laughs> into, a, into a major spectator sport why yeah. not but at the same time it's like breaking into the mainstream is going to be hard enough yeah. without trying to sell them on the i like our our sport uses porn as sponsors fuck yeah. you you're like just, yeah, how's
0: Turner gonna deal with that? And that's probably if a big there, if part of it. an,
1: But it's also like if there's that much money in that in esports, like you'll find other sponsors.
0: I honestly think. What and you porn just said, isn't going away. You no, know? It's not, and you don't need to advertise porn either. Right. <laughs> but I think you just made the most salient point though, which is that with these esports leagues like ESL and MLG starting to get picked up by places like ESPN and Turner Broadcasting, they know already that. And by the way, Capcom with Street Fighter is who banned the porn teams. Mm. Like they're actually the ones who struck out first and said no. But they know that they cannot trot their quote-unquote players out onto stage with a big with porn written across their shirt. Like you just can't do it, yeah. man. Like. And so this. Sorry, RedTube. And while, right, While I understand.
1: <laughs> and why did the YouTube call YouTube Red? That yeah. seems really <laughs> intentional. That
0: is weird. I never thought about that. But. Look, it's going to mature, and it, look, the Pac-12, another case of this of it maturing, is going to start running esports. The Pac-12 Network, which is usually all just college football and college basketball, is now going to start running esports. College law. I mean, it's the, it needs to grow up in a hurry because mm-hmm. I feel like it is becoming accepted into mainstream society far more quickly than it should be for the right. state that it's in right now
1: it's weird how like it's it it kind of it's, it's this mad rush to kind of capitalize in a mainstream sense on all these suddenly lucrative nerd related things yeah and you see it in movies you see it in tv boy yeah. you see it in tv you see it in everything right now and sometimes those things work sometimes those ventures work and sometimes they don't and i don't know if this one's gonna work out, out the gate
0: it understand. is surprising the acceptance of nerd culture Despite the relative unacceptance of nerds, yeah, like we're still
1: like a huge minority. Like your shit's really cool, but like, can you just give it to us and go away? Yeah, then, you know, there's <laughs> a little bit much of that. What yeah.
0: It is. yeah, that's a good way to put it. But uh, yeah, we don't want to talk about esports too much. But man, there's just so much changing with it right now. I mean, it's really at this crux point. I don't think we've done a topic on esports on Game Face in probably seven or eight mm. months. But it is the biggest story in video games right now. It's bigger than Call of Duty. Money-wise, yeah. I mean, everything. Like, mainstream coverage. It's bigger than anything right now. And uh, I just feel like we're kind of at this point where we kind of needed to talk about it while it's going through all these... Well, growing pains i
1: wish i could tolerate watching it so i would yeah. have better things to say
0: well i have a feeling if you know they I do what have to learn it had some announcers that actually educated the viewership a little bit and didn't assume everybody is a freaking like well, 50, it, maybe 80 they, hour a week league of legends player maybe they should call you no i i am not an announcer <laughs> not an announcer i wouldn't no. want to do it anyway
1: no I would I would enjoy like commentating fighting games I think I think I, I would need to do a lot more research I don't I'm not good enough
0: I watched it. I could probably I could actually do a good job of explaining League of Legends to somebody commentating it on the fly I oh, it's doubt hard I could do it I mean, fighting I, games no way I could I, I could do games, fighting games with a,
1: with some practice some experience and some research um, I mean my my idols are Ultra David. Yeah. Uh, and uh, James Chen for that. I think they're the best commentators in the business. The
0: guys who do uh, Evo.
1: Yeah, and Seth Killian, of course. Seth yeah. is...
0: He's their color and, guy. He, and Yeah,
1: and you know who else is one of the best commentators around? And you never get to really hear him much? Justin Wong. Really? Justin Wong is a great commentator. He speaks? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a actually got a good voice. He yeah. knows everything everything oh, about yeah. the game so everything he says is like super interesting and insightful but he's always in the top right. eight well, so he never honest, gets it's to like do
0: it eventually that is eventually, probably yeah. going to be his career
1: but that's the question is like are you ever going to at a point where those guys get paid for what they do
0: they don't get paid
1: i think in the fighting game community i think it's mostly volunteer evo i'm
0: assuming they get paid
1: i don't know about that evo's nonprofit. they should be getting paid i agree but that's i don't, I don't know they work. are yeah it's it's a very community that's the thing is that you're saying the same thing about like bringing these sponsors in, these corporate people, and like, you know, and these are very community-driven, these are very grassroots movements, really, when you get down to it. Even the Riot stuff, I mean, Riot is a big, huge corporation, but they aren't, you know? Like, they didn't come from that, and they haven't forgotten where they came from, and I think they're very much community-driven more than anything else, and there's a great fear of losing that. And considering what we just talked about with, like, the appro- not appropriation, but sort of the capitalization of nerd culture, like, I understand that fear. You know, I understand that that desire to not lose that aspect yeah, for of sure. things. So, a lot of times the
0: magic's gone once yeah. it goes commercial. So yeah. I
1: mean, I'm sure somewhere there were there were old men complaining about how once the MLB got televised, <laughs> the American League just wasn't any fun anymore. You know, but yeah. like, but you know, time marches on and money changes everything. It sure does, and so, that's what's coming into esports. I, I just I'm just money. hoping I don't really have a stake in the esports thing, but like I'm really hoping that esports manages to find to find a way to make to make that. 90 degree turn without losing what makes them what they are.
0: And I hope it picks me up. Like, I want to like eSports. Mm-hmm. I love video games. I love competition. Yeah. I, I should be the perfect fit.
1: I mean, I guess I, I guess I feel the same way. I, I really would like to be able to kind of watch them and understand them and enjoy them. But the... You don't
0: want it to be work.
1: I don't want it to be work, but also the, the old school kind of purist uh, and, you know, lifelong dork in me doesn't want them to compromise the part of that that they love just to be successful in that realm, you know? Like, I don't want them to lose the thing that makes that special to them in the name of well, there's money to be made, so we have to do it. I just hope they find a way to kind of hit that happy medium and not lose what makes them them. Agreed.
0: Definitely agreed. On that point, we will move on to the last topic of the Big Six for today. Matt, I was surprised to hear that you are not playing Fallout 4 Far Harbor. No. Why is that?
1: Well, Fallout 4 kind of lost me after about 30 hours, and uh, I also forgot... After 30 hours? <laughs> well, that's not, that's not a huge way into Fallout 4, yeah. when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't finish the main story. I you know, I barely did a whole lot of stuff at Diamond City. I mean, I really didn't see much of the game, even though I played it for a long time. And I just sort of drifted away from it, and I did boot it up this week when Far Harbor came out, because I didn't... I'm like, what? Far Harbor came out? What the hell? Like, like a, I completely missed that Far Harbor came out. And I booted it up. But I don't think I'm high enough level yet to go do that stuff. Or if yeah. it, if I am, I just was like, I don't feel like I've done it where I need, to, I need to clear out some side stuff before I get into this whole other area thing. Um, and I just like I don't know if I don't know if I have the time or patience. Maybe with No Man's Sky getting delayed, that's that'll be what I do. In in you know for the rest of the summers, I'll finish Fallout far, 4. But uh, I I haven't. But then Witcher 3 is coming up with Blood and Blood and Wine, and I don't know if I'm gonna have. That's a undertaking too. So
0: yeah, I mean, I think they're saying Blood and Wine's around ten hours or something like that. I was
1: I was seeing more like twenty if you do really every, if you do everything. Right,
0: right. I it's a big area. I'd never do that. <laughs> I never I do. you do, but I never do everything in any of these types of games. Like I,
1: well, I'm still playing Witcher Three periodically right now. What I'm doing is I'm you know I'm right before the big finale. So what I'm doing is I'm going around the entire world and uncovering every question mark, because gotcha. that's what I do. Well, and I... even though everything at every question mark is completely fucking useless to me because I'm so overpowered. Yeah. But
0: that's the problem with DLC for all these games. So I am playing Far Harbor, mm-hmm. or I actually I played Far Harbor. I thought all of it. Like you finished it? Yes. Already?
1: Yes. What? Because it took like four and a half hours. What? Yeah. The single player. I haven't read any review. I really have. I'm, in, I'm completely Far Harbor ignorant. Yeah. I really,
0: well, here let me. Just, this way. Let me just set it up first of all. So Far Harbor basically, how it starts is you go to the Valentine Detective Agency mm. and you basically are put on the case of this missing girl. You go and you talk to the family. The apparently the girl's been hanging around with since. And some people think that the girl is a a synth. That's hard for me to say for whatever reason. (laughs) And you talk to the parents, and the parents are like, no, 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 the mom's like, I gave birth to her. She's a human. So there's like this whole ambiguous, is she a human? Is she a synth? Why would her parents lie? And basically, you set off for Far Harbor to try to find her. You you get a clue that tells you that's where she is, and you go to Far Harbor to try to find her. Um, Once you get to Far Harbor... Basically, there are like three factions in Far Harbor, um, just kind of like the base game, but there's only three of them, whereas in the base game, there's more. Uh, There's like a group of people that are just murderous and like hate everybody. There's a group that like needs help, they're like destitute and living on the docks. Um, And so, those are like kind of the factions that you intermingle with. And then, you know, you basically are on the hunt for this girl in Far Harbor. And the environment is great, it is a great change of pace from the base game. Um, It's dreary and foggy, as you might guess. Um, But there's a lot more color to it. It's a lot more vivid. Um, I really liked the environment in the game, but I seriously played through the whole thing. And look, like I said, I'm not the guy who does all the side missions. I did a couple, um, but I plowed through the main quest in like four and a half or five hours. And I don't know if you remember or not, but the first two pieces of DLC for this game were severely lacking. Like, they weren't even DLC. They were like, Here's, like, some more tools for you to, like... Mm. And that's another thing. Like, a big part of this, despite the fact that the last two expansions for Fallout 4 were all centered around the Homestead stuff, there's Homestead stuff you have to do in this, too. Like, Mm. you get a couple new things that you can add to, like, build with or whatever, but there's a couple quests that are, like, required that you use it. And, like, I didn't really like that in the base game. I definitely didn't like it enough to... Play the other two expansions before this one, mm-hmm. and now they put it into this one as well.
1: Yeah, that definitely wasn't one of my. I you know I know there's people that build whole towns like on that, but oh, I, yeah. I. Some of the videos I've seen are just mind-boggling. I didn't care and didn't. It didn't engage me, and like I hate the interface for the building stuff. Yeah. Like, I just think it's too clunky. I didn't like. Then it you in really
0: ho- hate Snap Map in Doom? I didn't like
1: <laughs> it in um. I didn't like it in um. What was the uh, that one the one expansion on Skyrim where you built houses? No, oh, yeah, I don't remember the name Hearthstone of it. or not hearth something. Something Hearthstone or something like that? I don't that. know. Whatever, what it was, I didn't like it. I thought it was I didn't understand what the point was. Like, you know, and at least the homestead in Fallout 4 serves a few more purposes than that. But like it's just, you know, I, I didn't feel any compulsion to build anything beyond what it forced me to build a complete quests in Fallout 4. And the fact that that's such a focus for the DLC has really not been something that enticed me back.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the story... I mean, I gave you the story. There's mm-hmm. There aren't really any big revelations or twists that, like, blow your mind. Like, it's all pretty straightforward. The characters that you meet are, like, whatever. I, I mean, I'm just really disappointed. Not even just in Far Harbor. I am really disappointed in the DLC for Fallout 4 in general. Like, And the reason why is because Fallout 3... Like, I think it was the last DLC drop was amazing. Pretty much all the DLC for New Vegas was incredible. Yeah. And so the pedigree here is impeccable.
1: Well, New Vegas is obsidian. Right. So
0: Right, but I'm just saying, like, what you expect from this franchise out mm. of its DLC, like, my standards were pretty high, and I felt like I was tolerant of those first two like little blips on the radar they put out for this game, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's all good, Far Harbor's coming, and then I play it and I was, it was over, and like, and like literally I played it in a night. And is this it? I DLC? think that is the last DLC, to the best of my knowledge. Um, if you paid for the season pass for this game, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not worth the money that you paid. Remember how they like, didn't they jack it up, like, at the last Yeah, <laughs> it went up
1: when they announced Far Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like Far Harbor alone costs as much as the season pass originally cost, I think.
0: Now, one thing I would say is it does seem to be like there is a ton of side quest content in Far Harbor. I have just scratched the surface of it, though, and it seemed to be like a really deep rabbit hole, and the, the couple missions that I did complete were probably some of the best ones that I, like, played in Far Harbor. So... There is a possibility, I haven't experienced enough to know, but there is a possibility that maybe it is saved by the side mission stuff, but the main quest in this is completely forgettable, it's way too much like the base game, Over, I'm completely overpowered, like, I didn't even play Fallout 4 until I was, like, level whatever, like, I finished the campaign and played it a little bit more after that, basically just for game eval purposes, but... I'm just waltzing through the game, through Mm. Far Harbor. Like, there were a couple places where it got a little challenging, but it doesn't appear that the enemies scale well enough to make a challenge. Mm So I'm really disappointed in this, man. I was really excited. I really liked Fallout 4, like, the base game. I really enjoyed it. I know you have your your issues with it, and I obviously didn't think it was a perfect game, and I thought it had a couple problems here and there, but I really enjoyed the time I spent with it. But you know what? (laughs) I started playing this, and about two hours into it, I honestly didn't even want to play it anymore.
1: I was like... Welcome to my world, Grandma.
0: I felt like I had been there, done that. Like, there just was nothing exciting about it, other than the setting. And once I got to Far Harbor, and saw it, and met, like, the factions, and met a couple people, I realized that's all there was, that I was really...
1: I really cared about, like... I don't like... It just... I feel like Fallout 4 is not the leap over Fallout 3 that Skyrim was over Oblivion. No, no doubt. And the main thing I have with Fallout 4 is I think all the... The game is too visible under the skin. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's not enough presentational, like, almost, I guess almost fluff to, like, disguise the fact that I can see... This reputation system, and this reputation system, and yeah. and this series of quests that aren't really design quests, but they're using that Radiant AI system to make you go do shit, and like, nothing you do in that is really gonna matter, and it's also never gonna end, so you should probably just leave it alone. And, like, you know, the quests don't have any pacing in the sense of, like, you know, the Minutemen quests are just like, go get these guys, go help those guys, go do that, go do this, go do that. You know, it just doesn't end. Yeah. And, like, and whether you finish it or not, like, at one point I think I had, like, three towns I was supposed to go liberate or whatever for Preston, and it's just like... Like I felt like and it, I, I didn't believe it I didn't believe the worlds I didn't believe the people I didn't believe the, the I didn't believe Diamond City I didn't, I, There wasn't anything there For me to kind of grab onto Yeah And I felt I feel the same way When I tried to replay Fallout 3 a couple of years ago Even though I love Fallout 3 Fallout 3 was my game Of the year that year But I just don't think It's held up Yeah Age wise
0: I, yeah. I just feel like I guess what it was is like you know it had been a few years since I played Fallout 3 and I hadn't even I never even finished Fallout 3 it came out at a time where I think it was like during the mm-hmm. fall and like Ryan Stevens reviewed it for GT and like I was reviewing a bunch of other stuff and I just did, couldn't get time to get to it yep. by the time I did have time other games came out and it just
1: I, I played it to the end I played all the DLC played I loved that game to yeah. death but like apparently I enjoyed I the can't... time
0: that I spent with it I think I only played like 10 hours of it or something mm-hmm. like that I mean the main
1: story was the worst part yeah. like
0: that old it well, like, sounds like far harbor
1: yeah but the side stuff was all really cool and the, a lot of the dlc i mean the pit wasn't too great but yeah. like uh the rest of it was really great the the mother the mothership uh ufo one was was really cool like the the lovecraft swamp thing was really yeah. cool i mean they, they, there's a lot of good ideas in that and like i just don't feel i don't feel them even in far harbor i don't feel them playing with the setting and having that kind of like Fun, that they do you know, i'm just i'm just going through building after building and killing super mutants here you know? was
0: the kicker matt the kicker is this dlc runs like absolute dog crap what oh yeah i'm playing it on playstation 4 and there are literally times where the game drops down to i'm not exaggerating like 10 frames a second
1: wow yeah how it doesn't even look that
0: good nope <laughs> It's that What's old happening? rusty
1: engine yeah. Man, yeah. it's just it that, wasn't that might built. be that might be the main thing. Like, I, they need to step away from that engine and, and step into the this decade. They had probably. enough
0: time to make Fallout Four that they should have built a new engine. You would think. I don't know what they spent all their time on, but it runs. Maybe it,
1: I always wondered if it was supposed to originally be on the like the the Rage engine, and they had so Maybe. many problems with that they just could, they couldn't.
0: Maybe. But, uh, the next runs. Elder
1: Scrolls better be a new freaking engine. That's all. I, I don't
0: mean. know about the other versions. I've only played the PlayStation Four version of Far Harbor, but it runs
1: hmm. terribly.
0: And I think there's they're working on a patch. I don't know how you patch that up. I mean, it is so bad. I it's mean, so
1: far beyond. Like, the base
0: game had hitches here and there, right. and it would get down to the twenty low twenties, maybe worst case scenario. But this, I mean, it looks like it's not finished. It's hmm. just simply not polished, like.
1: I haven't been to far Harbor yet, but I'm on the PC version. I haven't seen any. Yeah, I've never had any performance problems with this game.
0: Yeah, I'm sure on the PC it probably runs like a beast as long as you yeah. have a decent one. But Unless, other... I mean,
1: I know there's people that have like really bad crash to desktop problems with it, but I just have. I, I've been lucky enough not to have that happen. Yeah, I. Uh,
0: I'm just really disappointed in this. This was the DLC I was waiting for. Um,
1: well, I'm, I'm 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 very unhappy to hear that. Yeah, I'm I was so... hoping Far... I, I was like you. I was like, well, Far Harbor's coming. That yeah, was my, and I know I forgot it, and it came out, and I didn't notice. But like still, <laughs> like back when I was you know underwhelmed by, and part of the reason I wasn't paying attention because I was so underwhelmed by what the first two DLC snippets were going to be, yeah. and I was like, well, I'll just ignore those until, yeah. until Far Harbor comes out, and then Far Harbor will be what I'm really here for, and then I forgot, and now apparently I didn't need you to remember.
0: Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so do not go buy the DLC for Fallout Four. I don't care how many hours you put into it. I, if you bought the season pass, I'm sorry, it Hmm. has not worked out to be a great deal at all. Not even a solid deal by any stretch of the imagination. Kills with
1: kindness is just depressing me more by bringing up Old World Blues, the DLC for New Vegas, which is probably the best Fallout since Fallout One and Two. I mean that was a great, great. That's what I'm saying. Vegas had
0: great DLC, like. And, you know, the, I think it was the last DLC for Fallout 3 got, like, rave reviews. It got, like, nines or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. nine to ten. Like,
1: Is that the, Mothership, Mothership Zeta? Yep. That, yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, if any of you are sitting on the fence thinking about buying this, don't do it. Or, worst case scenario, like, wait, like, a year. When they do, like, the crazy, like, Xbox or PlayStation Store deals, and you can get it for, like a couple bucks, or maybe five bucks. I wouldn't even pay five bucks for it, to be honest with you. I uh, I regretted wow. playing it, because I had all this other stuff I was working on. I mean, the only thing it's amounted to is now we can talk about it on Game Face. So it did ultimately facilitate a segment mm-hmm. on Game Face, but otherwise I'm like, I'm trying to get through Doom and get the game eval done for that. I'm trying to play Overwatch and get the game eval done for that, and it just, I burned like a whole night playing it, because I was excited to freaking play it! Hmm. Like,
1: yeah. Wow. Well, I hope they're not done. I mean, I know they haven't said anything else, but we're about to get a Bethesda press conference. Maybe they'll have more DLC in the in Maybe. the pipeline. But that, if this is what we're getting, who cares? Season, how can you ju- justify charging that much for the season pass for those things? Because
0: they sold, yeah, I don't know. There's got to be more. There's got to be. Maybe somebody on the chat knows, but
1: there's people in the ch- like Vin Hill is saying that there's there's more coming. Okay, but I don't know if if that's just. I mean, to me, I, it seems to me there has to be more coming. It, there better be. You can't bump the price up of the DLC and then give us one story-driven thing and two toys. Like, yeah, it doesn't that's make really what sense.
0: those first two were. Yeah. You know, they're just like toys to fiddle around with. So, yeah, if you're thinking about spending like the 10 or 15 bucks, I don't even know how much it costs, to be honest with you. Like, they sent me a code for it. But if you're Wait. thinking about spending it, don't. I'm, I'm saving you your money right now. So, And if you ever have a season passing, you already know it sucks. So... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's time to move on to our trailer of the week. Trailer came out today. Uh, I I was going to use Ghost Recon, but then I realized I wanted to actually talk about it in the show. Uh, So instead, we have another awesome trailer. It is for Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. It is a crazy... Have you watched this yet, Matt? No. It is a crazy live-action trailer. The amount of money that was put into this boggles my mind. Because it literally looks it's like film quality, like live action Hmm. CG. Uh, Haven't seen anything from this game in a couple months now. We have had one of its trailers for this game as our trailer of the week before, but that was actually like a Mm. gameplay trailer or whatever. It's creeping
1: up. It is
0: creeping up. The game is coming real soon, so we should start seeing a lot more media. And I'll tell you what, if it's all as good as this one, I'm all for it. Here it is.
2: How did we get here? Technology is advancing at a phenomenal rate. Artificial eyes to cybernetic limbs. The
1: promise of a better future. We now have the choice to free ourselves from any kind of limitation strength, power,
0: speed. Now I focus on what really matters.
1: Have these augmentations really been tested? There are tested? people who say that what is happening is unnatural, they we're playing God. But people were scared of electricity. And where would the world be without what that?
2: What happens if this technology falls into the wrong hands?
1: Diseases or viruses that could wipe out the human race. Scenes of terror are being witnessed. This kind of madness has gripped the mechanically augmented people. Nine million deaths confirmed and counting. This is an attack on
2: humanity and the universal values that we share these people were hacked
1: they had
0: no control what is the appropriate response and can we actually protect ourselves from this happening again i have no idea what happened i would never you tried to kill me at what point will governments consider the idea of segregation for all our
1: saints we can be politically correct or we can be foolish, but it's going to get worse and worse. The Czech
0: Republic adds its voice to a growing list of countries calling for the relocation of its augmented citizens. We have citizens. no Reports choice. of severe shortages of the drug neulthazine required
1: to inhibit the rejection of augmentations. And we fight
0: for our God-given rights. In a sign of anti augmentation sentiment, thousands.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter how many idiots you get out there on the street. We will not relinquish our limbs. Do you understand? What is happening on this planet is a mass fear mongering, and the mainstream
0: media pushing this narrative. The officer suffered severe after Incident after incident, you need to be afraid because they are coming for you. We will not be made slaves to corporations. We will rise up. To them, we are the enemy. Seeing what your kind are doing? My kind? You sound just like them. When to were tipping,
2: you can't live like this anymore.
0: This violence is completely out of control. The road is being paid for this corporate military. What do they have planned for us? Why are they building concentration camps? What's going on out there? Reports of only one way to deal with these bloodthirsty fanatics. A lot of people die.
1: In blood! Multiple detonations. Looks like car The augmented rights coalition denies responsibility.
2: The segregation act has been passed into law, effective immediately. Augmented persons are being asked to move to safe and secure segregated districts.
0: I don't want them to take me. We are still
2: your neighbors, your brothers, your sisters. Our lovers we lost everything our dreams our innocence where are you taking her? where are you taking her? our humanity
0: you didn't know what deus ex was about now you do that's pretty much what the whole story is about you augmentation the yeah <laughs> pretty crazy that looked like it could be a movie or something oh yeah just like, a little three-minute trailer it,
1: for a video game it varies between looking like a movie and looking like a, a drug commercial. Yeah, which are, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if they like have a
0: commercial for herpes medication. I don't know
1: if they have drug commercials like that in in Europe because yeah. I think that's a, a peculiarity of our broken medical insurance system here. Yeah, in the yeah you're right. But they have like these weird, like idyllic sort of like you know ads for like medication for medication for things you didn't know you could get yeah you know? and it's always and like want to get and it. it's always like it's like oh you know our Lumisil can help you do a bit. and then they have a list of side effects Eight million like the entire side half effects. of the commercial it always comes down <laughs> like like it might cure this thing that's bothering you it might also kill you it really hard your, and fast it might make you know? your left foot fall off so.
0: <laughs> yeah so my ipad died
1: so I'm picking the questions. So Matt is
0: handling all the questions for today's Q&A, so which means it'll be a little awkward. Usually we have a system where mm. I find a question, Matt answers it, and vice versa, and it works that way. So it might be a little bit awkward. I'll keep oh. my eye out. So, Sam's going to hook me up with his phone here.
1: Um, Eric Estrada 12 asks, any thoughts on the new Mighty Number no. 9 trailer and all the negative reaction to it, especially the anime fan prom joke? P.S. I never watched Chips. My name really is Eric Estrada.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's great. You still never watch Chips, even after we've mentioned it. Like,
1: yeah, I'd, I'd watch a, a show with a guy named after with my name in it. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Chips isn't that great, really. Oh, that Mighty
0: Number no. Nine trailer is terrible, terrible. I seen it. It's so bad. that Inafune came out and was like, "We had nothing to do with that. <laughs> that's all." Look, that doesn't happen, dude. Where the that's developer, unusual. where the developer comes out and talks smack about the publisher of his game. He was like, "Oh, that's all on them. They never showed that to us. They never ran it by wow. us." See, that's all on Deep Silver, and you're right; it is terrible. And there's like a big uproar on the internet over and it the, right now. And
1: the publisher that gave us the uh, disembodied, bloody zombie torso packaging for Dead Island Riptide—do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Um, Nolan Elric asks, "Matt, are you trying to force SLI for Doom?" Uh, no, I am not, because it runs like shit when I do that. So I switched to just the one card. I'm running it at 1440 uh which is rock i mean rock solid 60 Uh, if i take v-sync off it's it ranges between like 90 and 110 but it's not a stable enough frame rate for me to like playing it so i just switched to 60
0: uh here's another good one snowpiercer you're uh you bust out good questions pretty much every week on the show uh what games do you believe will transcend generations and be the examples Mm -hmm. that we show the next generation of what a good game is Keep in mind, these are kids that we'd be demonstrating these games to. Like, The Last of Us might not be the most appropriate.
1: Hmm. hmm. Mario Maker would be something I'd show a kid. Although that kind of draws on, like, 35 years of game design to some degree. Um, In my experience, they, they don't care. You <laughs> like can, can show a kid whatever they want. They're just going to keep playing Minecraft on their iPad. Yeah, they... <laughs> um, I'll tell you the one the one series I introduced my seven year old niece to uh, because I saw she liked um, uh, uh, like kind of you know build, build your house, decorate your stuff games. I, I gave her Harvest Moon for her three DS, and she loves it. So um, there's a, there's a series that uh, seems to stand the test of generations, uh, and they just came out with a new one uh at the end of uh march or april which uh i'm gonna pick up and that'll be her birthday present oh. so harvest moon is, is the game i'm passing on to the next generation <laughs> the most at this point uh and skylanders and i think skylanders uh, is probably going to be handed down from sibling to sibling at the very least if not parent to child
0: yeah um hmm that's a really tough question um i mean I'm, i've mentioned on the show before that i feel like kind of the next wave of games and what games are going to be in 10 years is they're all going to have some semblance of RPG elements in them. So I guess I would kind of point to games like The Division and Destiny. I wouldn't say that's like the sterling example, but I think it's the beginning, the genesis of what that's ultimately going to become. Um, As far as a game to show a child... um, to get them into games, or or maybe show them what the future might be, like I would still probably say like Super Mario Galaxy Two, <laughs> like that game still with like its upside down platforming and how it flips like the perspectives on you, like there's still really no other game that has done a lot of the stuff that that game did and how it plays with gravity in a lot of the levels, like that game's just mind blowing. By mm-hmm. the way, like if you haven't played Super Mario Galaxy Two and you even have a slight semblance of enjoyment for platformers. Go play the game because it is still leaps and bounds ahead of any other game in the genre. Like, I'll be interested to see Ukulele, like what they do with that game. They have a lot to live up to. And I was actually, I'm still really disappointed in Super Mario 3D World. It was a great game, but it's a shadow compared to the Mario Galaxy games, in my opinion. Um, So, if there were one game I was to show a kid, like, this is what games can be. Uh, when you have really creative people and really talented people making them, it would probably be Super Mario Galaxy 2.
1: Um, Solo Dolo 241 asks, do you think it would be smarter for Mirror's Edge to release after E3? Will the show overshadow it? I think they could market more around E3 and release it after.
0: They're, they just announced yesterday they're making a TV show about Mirror's Edge, yep. which I it think makes, makes more sense. sense. Yeah, it makes
1: a little more sense than making more than a games lot of them, yeah. <laughs>
0: I hope they get a good budget to make it. That's my big concern is they try to skip yeah. on the budget and it ends up being cheesy. It I, think, might I bet be a lot cheesy. of it
1: takes place at night, Yeah, which is kind of anathema <laughs> to Mirror's Edge because Mirror's yeah. Edge is defined by the giant, bright, white city. You're right,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but, I honestly don't think Mirror's Edge is going to do well regardless. I, I don't think it matters. I really don't. I think the people who want the game know they want the game already. They already know when it's coming out. They already plan on buying it. It doesn't really matter when it comes out. Like, I don't really see anybody getting ensnared by like the marketing or the advertising from this game, and being a case of where like I've never heard of Mirror's Edge Catalyst, and now I want it. Like, I just mm. don't see that happening with this game. Um, I think you know there's a pretty dedicated fan base for the game. I think EA knows it, um, and I think EA is just hoping that all those people go and pick it up. I just feel like it's a pet project for EA to try to keep its lead status so it doesn't seem like it's just a big like dumping ground for commercial products. Uh, kind of like what they did with Unravel. Like I think it knew Unravel was never probably going to turn a profit, or if it did, a minimal one. I mean, making a couple million dollars for EA is a joke. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that they've necessarily sent it out to die. I think they know the franchise. They know there's an audience for it. They know mm-hmm. the audience is going to find it out, seek it out, and know about it. Well, without having to have some crazy, it doesn't need to come out in Q4. If it came out in Q4, I think it would be even worse. The yeah. You get mean,
1: buried there.
0: I mean, the good news for it is that there isn't a lot of competition in the second week of June for sales. Or the so, third
1: week. Yeah. Or the fourth. I mean, it's got June kind of to itself to some degree if, yeah. if, for people to discover it and pick it up. I don't know how much that's going to happen.
0: I think really. it might actually work out in the game's benefit mm-hmm. for it to come out during E3. Cause, Su- and not everyone like us locks themselves down For right. five days and watches video game coverage
1: <laughs> uh, Suited Armor asks Shane can you give a little story about Some of the action figures behind you on the shelf Like where you got it from and will you guys get the limited Voltron action figure on Amazon
0: Oh god uh, If you're
1: talking about the like, $400 like, Masterpiece anniversary Voltron thing uh, Yes, I will be getting that At some point
0: uh, I don't know what there is to tell about it uh, did Matt, you get- did you buy me the Soundwave?
1: I did. Yeah. yeah, you did. That was—I uh, don't know if that was birthday or like Secret Santa—but yeah, I did give you that.
0: Yeah. So Matt bought me the Gen One Soundway, which I have transformed into the little cassette player right now. Uh, most of the other stuff I got those—the uh, mushroom things or candy things—I got in Japan, and I mm-hmm. ate all the candy out of them, and now it's just like the metal case. Like packaging in Japan is so awesome. It's like <laughs> in America everything's in plastic. In Japan, like the packaging costs more than like the stuff that's inside it. Um, obviously, Assassin's Creed. That that That's was from set, the collector's
1: edition. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was sent to me by Ubisoft when the game came out. Super Monkey Ball. Those two Super Monkey Ball balls I bought in Japan. I don't. You probably can't even see them. Yeah, you can. You, yeah, can, you can see, see them. them. They're up in the on the left side. Of the I show. bought those myself in Japan when I went to Tokyo Game Show in like 2007 or 2008. I think it was. I've never seen Super Monkey Ball. I've never seen that before. I'm the only person I've ever seen that has those. Um, the Rabbids vinyl toys, those were sent to me by Ubisoft in a really mm. cool like package that had them all like slotted in. Um, probably the thing I'm most proud of is that little picture. You can see it there next to the Statue of Liberty for uh, Grand Theft Auto. That is an autographed picture of Space Invaders from the man who created Space Invaders. Um, that is one of my most prized uh, pieces of gaming swag or whatever you want to call it. Obviously I have a lot of respect for that guy. Space Invaders was like, my first ever favorite video game. So uh, I'm really happy that I have that. Um, the Yoshi egg came with, like, Yoshi's something or other from Nintendo. You can open it up. <laughs> I and, loved like,
1: Yoshi's something or other. You can open it up and put stuff inside it. Um, I don't know what that thing is on the far right.
0: Uh, that's for a game called Flock, which was like
1: a oh, little game, yeah. indie
0: Capcom game. I don't think that they can Yeah, they can see it on yeah.
1: there. And then the little things on the shelf above that are all little Pokemon.
0: Yep. So uh, for a while there, I was collecting. Like, if you see all the little dinky ones that are all along the second shelf there, for a long time, every time I would go to Japan, I would go to and just buy uh, the the original 150 Pokemon figurines.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and don't forget to point out your helmet back there.
0: Oh yeah. So the helmet, which they can't they can't see. So that black helmet in the corner. That's
1: a that black blob there is, yeah. a, is a is a helmet.
0: That's actually like a flight. Yeah, you're pointing at it. It's actually a flight helmet that was given to me when I went to review Call of Duty Black Ops 1, I believe.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or no, it was 2. It says Black Ops on it.
0: Oh, I guess it was the first one. Yeah, so it is the first one. And it has my uh, gamer tag on the front. It says Dim Fire, like, right across mm-hmm. the front of the helmet. I was
1: super jealous when everybody came back with those. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can see what happened to it. It just sits on a shelf. Right. <laughs> but it's got your, got your name on it. It does, yeah. It's
1: like, I was same, same. I was jealous for, like, the the early, like, the beta users of the original Xbox Live. They got headsets that had their gamer tag on it. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest damn thing ever. Yeah. And it would have been useless, you know, far useless now, but it was just it's one of those things I like. I like branded, personalized things like that.
0: And so. the Master Chief helmet, everybody's got one of those. They yeah. try to make a big deal out of them. They're like, oh, it's like this limited edition thing, and then they had, like, so many, they were giving a them Clearance
1: on Best Buy. And the Jade Empire picture back there is signed by everybody.
0: By the entire
1: development team of
0: Jade Empire. So that's another thing. If I we ever
1: have. have a really slow week, uh, maybe I maybe we can, like, just bring in pictures of all our, like, best games swag. Or just bring it in and, and show it. And show it off. And do a
0: show and tell, which is kind of what we just did right there, so... Yeah, that's what I've got in here. I have closets and closets full of this stuff Mm -hmm. uh, back at home, but uh, these are the pieces I decided to bring in for the set, as it were.
1: Uh, Let's see. Uh, A lot of people asking about your E3 schedule.
0: Oh. Uh, What I can talk about so far is that Matt and I will be doing the E3 press conference hangouts again. So... We'll be sitting here uh, watching the press conferences with you guys, commentating, being respectful. We're not going to ruin any of the great moments from the press conferences. We know when to shut up and uh, when to celebrate. Because we're watching, too. Yeah, and, yeah. You
1: know, like, we're, we're there, too. Yeah, but we had a lot
0: of fun doing it last year. It was really great hanging out with you guys and sharing the experience of E3. Like, in years past, I've always gone to the press conferences and sat there, like, by myself with these people. I don't even know who mm-hmm. the hell they are. Uh, it was nice to be able to, one, to be somewhere where you can talk,
1: what are we doing on sunday like isn't it like ea's are like early in the afternoon and then it's like five hours and then bethesda yeah. or
0: something like that I, i'm not sure what the schedule is like i think there's a pretty big gap in between but i know pactor was them.
1: talking about how he's gonna like go, go get drink drunk. scotch yeah. <laughs> while he waits for bethesda to start seems like a pretty good strategy yeah. to me but...
0: lord just bring it with scotch here it'll be a total disaster by the time bethesda starts uh, but we are going to be. All I'm going to announce right now is that we are doing the E3 hangouts again. So we'll be here to hang out with you guys during the press conferences. All the other stuff uh, I'll be announcing probably first week of June, something like that. But count on watching the live streams of the press conferences with Matt, uh, myself, and Sam, who will be here as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those were fun. And then we do like the cut downs of them with the highlights that we put up on the site. We we after every press conference we do about. 30 to 45 minutes of analysis, talking about what we just saw and what we think about what we just saw. So you hang out with us during the press conferences. We chat with you guys via chat. Matt and I talk, uh, you know, react to things as they happen. Then once it's done, we wrap it up for a good half hour, 45 minutes. And then we post all that stuff for our subscribers uh, as archives. So we'll do a cut down of the actual press conference of us reacting to the big stuff. Um, and then we'll put up the entire analysis videos Uh, after each press conference. So that's what we did last year that we're doing again this year. I haven't announced yet what we're doing different from last year. So, hope that Mm -hmm. helps a little bit.
1: Um, Ian Esquire, currently playing The Order 1886 and actually found myself enjoying it. What games have you guys played that are panned by the critics but you found yourself surprised by how much you enjoyed it? Oh boy every assassin's creed since like brotherhood <laughs> maybe i don't have I been mean, uh, sometimes it feels like I'm the only one that likes those games anymore I even mean, i don't really like them unconditionally i but... mean talking
0: about our audience call of duty like it's yeah. ding 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 like i like call of duty most of the people on sifted hate call of duty most hardcore gamers say that they hate call of duty so that's definitely the one for me
1: um man that's a hard call i i I pay so little attention to what reviews are anymore, like beyond yeah. exactly what we talk about on the on this show. That I don't oh wait, was the
0: stipulation it had to get bad review scores?
1: Just like a game that was panned by critics, but oh. you really enjoyed God Hand.
0: Well, I guess that wasn't panned by
1: everybody. There was I a found. couple. Wilders IGN that really gave hammered it like a two or something. There was a couple of that
0: really hammered it, but I really liked that game.
1: Yeah, so Assassin's Creed. I mean, like I mean, I, they don't get terrible review scores, but uh, I like them better than most of the Metacritic would indicate you should like them. I Yeah. Guess. Um, I don't remember what kind of reviews near got, but I really like. I feel like I like that a lot more than the reviews went on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'd have to do. Well, you
0: you want to know why it's so tough? Because most outlets never give scores below a seven. Right. (laughs) It's hard to think a game. Sitting here, it's hard to think of games that scored poorly, period.
1: Yeah, that weren't, like, a complete throwaway. Right, that like, weren't just shovelware, whatever, yeah. like. They, it's like it's like a lot of times you see, like, this the, the, the full 10-point scale gets used a lot more liberally when, like, the game is something no one cares about.
0: Yeah, that's funny how that works. Uh, here's one from Captain of Space. Uh, Shane, does it have to get any kind of kickback when I click through links on the curated content? Nope, not at all, and that's totally fine. Um, it's a symbiotic relationship. You know They're providing the content for us to put into the sift, and we're promoting the content for them and sending new users to their website to to read it, and so they get their uniques and their ad views. So I wouldn't expect to get any kind of a kickback from them at all. Um, Our relationship, I think it works out even for both sides. So, yeah.
1: Nolan Elric, Matt, true or false, Ultra Magnus should have been the leader after Optimus Prime, not Hot Rod. Um, Anyone other than Hot Rod, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I didn't deal well with Season 3, really. I don't like Hot Rod. I don't like Rodimus. Ultra Magnus is way better. Springer's even better than that. Uh, let's see if we can find like a couple more. Uh, Blump Jeeza? What game have you spent the most time in during your childhood? What is your fondest memory? The game I played the most when I was a kid was Wasteland. I must have played over a thousand hours of Wasteland on the Apple IIe, which is one reason I'm a Fallout fan after that because that was the spiritual successor to wasteland was fallout
0: when i was a little kid in television football
1: Mm. i
0: that game was insane Mm. like most football i don't know if you ever saw atari football but basically it was just like the players looked like space invaders and they blinked the whole time like it was just like the game wasn't done or whatever it was terrible Mm. but in television football had the full like 11 on 11 and you could actually call plays and make plays you could like it had. I don't know if you ever used in television, but it had yeah. like that weird disc at the bottom, yeah. and then it had a keypad. It had like the plastic sleeves that went over mm-hmm. top of them. Well, you could like program plays in that game. You could say basically like number one receiver does route number two at defensive player number three, and so it was like a code that you put in to call plays. And like it was just the running animation it was just <laughs> mind blowing.
1: Yeah, the sprite with the movie. Yeah, I mean, just
0: some running animation to me when I was a kid was just mind-blowing. And we would just literally sit there and just play it just for days and days. Like, I would go and Mm -hmm. stay the night at my buddy's house and we'd play it all night and then he'd come to my house and we'd play it all night. Like, it was, as a kid, it is a game I played more than any Mm -hmm. other.
1: And one of my, I think my fondest memory might have been getting to the end of Bionic Commando in the middle of the night, sleeping over at my friend Rob's house and... We got to the end, and you know the whole game. They're teasing that they're gonna resurrect Master D. Master D is gonna be resurrected, and finally, Master D walks out of the cloning tube, and it's Hitler. And and both of us at the same time, when his portrait popped up in the dialogue box, both of us just yelled, "It's Hitler!" Like it, it's like three in the morning, and it's and like we're like, "Oh, we just woke up his parents by screaming it's Hitler' at three in the morning." <laughs> that was that's one of my that's one of my more more uh, favorite uh old game memories i'd say
0: here's one from kadaz1 since vr is supposed to be the catalyst for this transition to new, to new platforms have you seen or heard of any games so far that would be game changers it seems too early to make this leap to me no not really um they're all just like brief experiences like i wouldn't even really call them games like
2: mm.
0: insomniac's one game It's like a real game, but it just looks like a third person action adventure, but you play it in VR. Like, that's not really like a game changer.
1: Well, there's the. I keep forgetting what the name of the damn Oculus Rift exclusive kind of Zelda ish game A Chalice? Is that what it is?
0: No, it's um, Chronos. Chronos? I believe, yeah.
1: You you know what I'm trying to say. That's the
0: best VR game so far, but it's just, again, it's like a, a Zelda clone in VR. If you're asking, like, a killer app for VR, like, no. The killer app for VR right now is VR. Like,. Just the experience of putting on the head-mounted display mm-hmm. is the killer app right now. But people get tired of that, and it's going to need to be experiences like honestly the best uh, experiences for me and VR have been the really simple things like the games where you're just playing like virtual reality pong, where you have like a shield and the ball comes back and forth and you're deflecting like. The most simple things have been the most fun. I don't know if ultimately they stand the test of time, Mm. uh, but that's the most fun I've had with VR. Uh, The more active stuff has been like the more fun stuff for me instead of the passive things where you just sit there and have like the world come at you. Um, There was the one demo. The one thing I would say, the one demo that Capcom has called Kitchen or The Kitchen, that is kind of a game changer. Because basically, in it, you're just strapped in a chair with this crazy psycho, like, circling around you, like, talking about killing you. And, like, it sounds really simple, but it is, like, terrifying. Like, because the other part is you can't get up, mm. like, you're stuck in the chair, and you're about to be murdered. And that's pretty scary. And so that probably Just offers... another
1: lazy Sunday game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think that offers, like, the first glimpse of the power that VR mm. can have, um... You know what leads up to that scene where you're in the kitchen and blah. blah, blah who knows? And whether after what happens after he kills you doesn't matter. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: after you experience it once, is it scary the second time? I mean, there's all these questions about VR. But to answer your question succinctly, no, I have not seen a killer app for VR yet.
1: Um, Snowpiercer asks if there's any games you feel have a beginning, middle, and end that don't need a sequel. Uh, and I can think of two. Off the top of my head, which would be uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which I know we'll never get one, yeah. and The Last of Us, which I don't think I need anymore. Of last, I think The Last of Us told its story and did its characters justice, and I, I mean, I assume if they do a, when they do the sequel, it'll be different characters at a different time period. It'll be. I a, think
0: if they did it like a true detective type thing, yeah, where it has like the same kind of tone, but it's same th- tone, different same characters, same world,
1: same kind, yeah, but. Just in terms of, like, I don't no need... No more True Detective, no, by no, the
0: way. That makes me really sad.
1: Not after season two, it does un-
0: not It wasn't terrible, season two.
1: Mm, I didn't finish it. I did. I that enjoyed it. Not, not, I not as good as season
0: one. Season one's, like, right. groundbreaking. Well, I kind
1: of hope he goes away and does whatever he does, he's doing, and maybe he comes back to that later. There you go. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I don't need any more Joel and Ellie. Yeah. I think their, sto- their stories are told.
0: You know, I never say never. I don't like to just say I don't ever want to see something again because, you know, I think there was probably a time where I said I don't want to see another Doom. Or a shooter like Doom, a circle Mm -hmm. strafer. But here I am playing Doom and loving it. So I try to never speak, even though I'm... How ironic. I try to never speak in absolutes. That was an oxymoron right there.
1: Yeah, good work, (laughs) Obi-Wan. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Well, that's an absolute, isn't it? Only
0: a Sith (laughs) deals... (laughs) yeah.
1: Uh, only two there are
0: yeah i mean i would never say i just don't want to see a sequel for any franchise because i i could say maybe i don't want to see another game exactly like it like in all honesty i don't want to see another game exactly like uncharted 4 like i feel like that series is done
1: like Mm -hmm. i uh it's also kind of a weird thing where like it's easy to point at a movie and be like oh i don't want a sequel to that movie because sequels to movies tend to be not as good as their predecessors uh, historically but yeah. Game sequels tend to improve I mean here's the thing too like, Some other developer could pick up
0: Uncharted And have some crazy ideas for it just like with Doom yeah. And like then I'd be like See I should have never said I don't want another Uncharted So that's why I try to stay away from uh, Saying stuff like that Alright two more questions and then we gotta go
1: Everybody's going to bed.
0: Do you think Sony will abandon... play? Okay, last question. Do you think Sony will abandon... This is from... Wait, Snowpiercer again. I can't answer another Snowpiercer question. We're not, we're not giving all the other guys a fair shot. I saw Vin Hill said Super Potato. Love that store.
1: I heard that store is kind of bare bones these days. Like that, uh, How's that possible? There's only so much ancient, you know, vintage content. And Wait, you mean it's like it's all gone? Uh, Akihabara is not what it once was. We've been gone a long time. No,
0: I was just there in 20... end of 2012.
1: That's an eternity in electronic gaming.
0: Not for Super Potato. I had gone mm. there for like 11 years straight, and it was the same every time I went there. Great store. If you ever go to Japan, I highly recommend going there if you like retro stuff. Oh, gosh. I don't want to sit here forever like
1: looking for questions. <laughs> Um, well, let's see if uh, let's let the, the chat catch up to us saying that we we need one more and see what we <laughs> get yeah, there's, there's a like lag here see, we see stuff a ways, a ways ago
0: I see Robust Haggis agrees with me on Uncharted that it's done So although he hasn't picked up the new one yet you should S- definitely
1: play S- the new one there you go uh, SMC92 in any games you loved then went back to and hated it
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, there's been lots.
1: Well, I just talked about Fallout Three. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get through that again. Picking it up again last year.
0: I mean, there's tons of games. Time goes on, and like time isn't kind to a lot of video games. Particularly yeah. anything
1: technology
0: related. When you try to go back to it years later, like, I mean, almost all the classic arcade games that I played back in the day, like they're like mm-hmm. Yar Kung Fu. <laughs> like that was my favorite well, arcade well, game when I was a kid. You play it now, it's a total piece of crap. Well, it's like Car- game, Karate, karate Dances. Remember Karate Champ? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I spent tons of money playing that game in the arcade. Now it's just terrible.
1: Gameplay like, advances, gameplay leaps and bounds, and and you know a me- you know a mechanically involved interactive experience is never going to age as well as like a narrative one because you know stories are stories, but what you do in a game is always different.
0: Yep, yeah. and uh, I would say just in general, the early 3D games, like a lot of uh, PlayStation One games, a lot of the N64 shovelware. Um, you go back and play those now, and they do not hold up very well at all. Particularly mm. PlayStation One games, like
1: I always said, PlayStation One was going to be a, a, a lost generation in that regard because they, you can they're almost Rorschach tests. Well, it's
0: like playing like Crash Bandicoot in Uncharted Four. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I sat and played
1: through this whole game. Well, that's the thing, is I didn't back then. I, I did. Never, I never liked Crash Bandicoot. I
0: mean, I didn't like... I thought you know Mario 64 was way, way better, but I still played Crash Bandicoot, and that game now is just yeah. horse crap. Well, and also, my main
1: takeaway from, from it playing in Uncharted 4 was the same as back then. I'm like, why are you making me run towards the camera? Yeah. Like, this is the absolute... War- I mean, I know you want to show me the boulder, but like... Yep. This is the worst way to do. Th- and I, hell, that was one of my complaints about Uncharted Two was that one scene where you had to run like towards the camera, away from things. Resident I'm like, this 4. is like Crash Bandicoot, and I hated Crash Bandicoot. Resident Evil Four had the boulder scene. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't have uh, Chris Redfield yet, where you just punch that boulder right. into in <laughs> in rubble. It's how manhandled shit, Leon.
0: <laughs> All right, so that's it for our for this week's Q and A. It's time for the Sifted Elite roll call. And here they are. We got four brand new members of Sifted Elite. These people donated $50 or more to our Sifted Elite program, and we appreciate it very much. Unique. I love that name, by the way, with the one for the eye. Dolza, one, seven, eight. Robust Haggis. And I like this one. This is my favorite one. Al Capone.
1: So it's like Al Capone, right? But it's also like... Alka-Bone. Yeah, like, like a, a Pokemon. Like an, like an Alka-Seltzer-Bone.
0: Oh, isn't there also a Pokemon named something similar to that? Cubone. Cubone, maybe? I don't know, I'm There's so many of?
1: damn Pokemon now. It could be anyone named anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: You can just make up a word and it's a Pokemon. So that's it. That's this week's Sifted Elite Roll Call. Thank you very much. You guys are awesome. Appreciate each and every one of you guys who contribute to Sifted Elite. It makes a huge, huge difference, so thank you very much. So... I think that's it, Matt. The cat is out of the bag. The Penguins are in the Stanley Cup Finals, provided you guys didn't lie to me, which would really suck. Um, it's been a great three hours. Mm-hmm. I gotta say. I probably actually enjoyed the Penguins making it to the finals more, not watching. Because huh. if I had watched the rest of that game, especially if it really ended up ending 2-1, to one, I would have been a total wreck. So, as always, thanks everyone for tuning in, no matter where you are, but... Extra special props out to our European watchers. I appreciate you guys very, very much. I know it's even more difficult now that we start the show a little later. So everybody have an excellent weekend. It's a long weekend, at least in America it is, Memorial Day. So for all you American sifters, have a great three-day weekend. Play it safe. Don't drink and drive. Make sure you Uber wherever you're going if you're having a good time. Have some hamburgers and some hot dogs. And we'll see you back here on Game Face next week. Game Face is up and out.